Good morning from the Mama We Made It headquarters. What it do? Hope y'all are having a gorgeous morning like we are. It's hot as hell, though. Woo! But we're going to let this podcast cool you down. Get it. This is a story of triumph. This is a story of trials and tribulations. And this is the first time we're going to hear the story of Yannick Kofi, a.k.a. King Thurs, a.k.a. Mr. Dub Me Fat Noosh himself. I cannot wait for you to get this. One of L.A.'s finest. Tell him, Nooshy. Ah. Mama. Mama. We made it. Oh, my God. What it? What it do, though? Yo, this is fucking so crazy and so sentimental at the same damn time, yo. Dude, I... We have such a special guest in this building with us right now. I don't even want to tell you his name yet. You may know him from you and I. Actually, you may know him from Rapture Camp if you really like that thuggish. You may know him from you and I, or you may know him by his name, Thurs. King Thurs is in the King building. Thurs Welcome to the is stage. In the King building, Thurs, baby. And King Thurs is here on a motherfucking Thursday. The irony. <laughs> The irony. Yeah, that's how it's got to go. And you know what's wild? Shout out to the fact that nobody can really see this, but Thurs is Snapchatting while we're talking right now. But Thurs also knows my chubbalicious ass isn't phased by that. You Thurs know I mean? actually has a camcorder from can I drop? Can I drop a gem on y'all before we even start this? Those that know Fat Noosh, okay, have to pay homage to Thurs. Because when we were on the road, and we'll get to that, Thurs dubbed me Fat Noosh. I love it. Because I would eat anything, everything, anywhere. But he couldn't tell me shit because I was driving everywhere and we were getting it done. Dude, I love me? that you came up with the Fat Noosh, man. That's been, that's, how, how many years has Fat Noosh existed? Bro. Damn, how, how many years has that been? Uh, I think we're going on a... Going like six years now. Yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. about six years. Yeah. Fat just, noosh. Just, just change your name, bro. I mean, bro, like the hashtag DJ Noosh. You feel DJ me? Noosh. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Nooshy Noosh. Hey, Nooshy Noosh with the... With the <laughs> Yo, but we have Thurs with us. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like Thurs, just to, just to kind of intro this a little bit, man. Like this is one of my blood brothers, man. Like to be honest... I got thrown into the music world and tour managing uh, after they gave me an opportunity after South by Southwest of 2010, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really want to, we're going to get to that part of the story, but I'd really love to start with how your musical journey started. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you come from a Belizean background. Yeah. Music had to have been in your life from the get-go. But let's start with when you when you really started taking it seriously and, and had an ambition of, of doing something with it. And let's let the journey speak for itself. <laughs> I guess I'd say it started around first or second grade. Really? Yeah. And this is really, I got to blame, you know, the music I was listening to at the time. I was a big fan of MC Hammer and Criss Cross. Wow. Yeah. Specifically yeah. Criss Cross. Did you have the tape? I did have the tape. Oh, yeah. I had, I had yeah, the yeah. single. Yeah. 
you know, the single jump. And then I had uh, the album and the cross color gear they had on. I thought it was so fresh. I used to turn my clothes backwards. Wow. And rock it like that. And then my mom bought me a keyboard and had a little mic. And I tried to like, you know, finagle a little system to record into her little stereo system at the house. Really? So, that yeah, early? I was I like it. six, seven years old, Damn. writing raps. I was at Darby Park. And I'd be rapping in the sound lot to my friends or whatever. And we'd be on the, uh, the football field. I started like a little rap group in second grade. <laughs> no <laughs> the, the, little gi- the little giants. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, dog. So it's like, you know, I never turned away from it. You know, it's been since second grade when I when wow. I, that urge to, you know, want to be an artist kind of really started. Dude, I love that crisscross is such an inspiration. Like right? for so many people. I remember for me. I started rapping because of crisscross. I was like, oh, you. wait, let me, let me figure hey, this shout out. Shout out to y'all old out. ass motherfuckers right now. Though. You feel me? <laughs> Dude, I have no hair, out. but I'm way younger than Dude, y'all. Shout <laughs> out to crisscross though. Crisscross was truly revolutionary. Man, they were. They, they weren't the best rappers. You know, I, I'll set that. I'll put that out there. But as a kid, man. That shit was so tight. I never heard anything like that. Unreal. Unreal. And it was for me. It was for me as a as a six, seven year old. That they was they was specifically for me, man. I felt attached to Chris Cross. Yeah, you missed you missed so. the bus. Yo. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Chris Cross. Shot big, huge shout out. Man. Cause they birthed the creative genius right here. You feel hey. me? <laughs> Yo, so so second grade you started. When did it really become like let's let, let's take it to the gully and fast forward. Like when did it really become something that that you truly felt that you could take? Like what what was that moment when like you were still probably in in junior high high school? When was that moment that you were like, oh, no fuck it, I'm gonna do this shit? Um, it got a little bit more serious in junior high. Okay, uh, it's probably like. Seventh, eighth grade, and I did this talent show in Inglewood um, at a, what was the spot called? It's called The Current Affair. So uh, if you're ever driving on Manchester, you see the warehouse shoe sale near Inglewood High School. That's where the old Current Affair used to be. Wow. So I did a talent show there with this cat that lived on my block, and we won second place. And my mom came to the talent show and everything. And, you know, my uncle was there, a few of my family members. But the fact that they were all there and then we won, I was like, oh, shit, I'm really about to do this. I'm nice. really about to do this. And then in high school, you know, I met up with more artists, more different, more producers. I met Jonas there, and uh, I met his uncle, Ant, and Ant had a studio. So wow. Ant, you know, brought us into our first studio experience. We were off at 81st and 5th in the Avs. How old were y'all then? Um, we were like 15. I was, yeah, 15. So it's like right. fr- freshman 15. year? Sophomore. Oh, sophomore. Were yeah, you, yeah, yeah, were yeah, you, were you a year older than Jonas? We're the same age, but okay. he was a year behind me. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, so 15 years old, 81st and 5th in the Avs. I got my first recording experience. That's What was I, that like? I was just uh, excited, man. I was like, damn, I actually get to hear myself almost professionally. Yeah. You know, because like everything up to that point was on karaoke machines yeah. and um, just off of two radios. Yeah. So like that was my real first uh who's doing who's doing the beats at the time unjust oh okay okay so So he he had the studio and the beats yeah you just just let's let's rock it yeah let me let me ask you this like being that that the rapping was in your blood since the second grade when you got into the studio for the first time yeah did you have a moment of like what the fuck am i doing or were you just like so amped that you were like let's get this 
I was kind of amp. I was amp, but I definitely was a little uh, not not scared, but I was like, oh shit, I, I really have to do this now. I really gotta <laughs> like try to you know get a good takedown and yeah. you know I guess really understand the structure of making a song. Did you so, understand that going in, or was it something that kind of built over time? I did understand it going in because living on Queen Street. I lived off uh, on five seventeen West Queen Street, so okay. five twenty three and five seventeen. It's the same building. Yep. And in the five twenty three building, there's this producer named Eddie. Okay. You know, he was an old school cat. He used to dress like he was from Parliament and shit, <laughs> and he used to drive like a three hundred Z. And uh, every day when I get home from school, he'd be making beats in his house, and they'd be like old school shit. You know, like I wish he would make some new shit that I could rock on. But he was always making these old school beats. And I was like, you know, I know he had a whole bunch of gear in his apartment. Yeah. And I know my mom wouldn't let me go up there, but I was like, yo, Eddie, I could rap. He's like, really? <laughs> He's like, rap for me. And I rap for him. He's like, okay, that's good. That's good. Oh, I need shit. you to understand bar structure. I need you to take all this shit and make it 16. So a bar wow. is a line right here. And, you know, the second bar. So he told Shout me. Shout out to Eddie, yo. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Word. Yeah. Um, he had like a heart attack. Did you he know? really? Yeah. Rest in so, peace, Eddie. Yeah, rest in peace, man. He was he was a fly old cat, man. And um he taught me bar structure. And um he never gave me no beats, but you know, that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> I was about to spit my drink up right now. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie. Didn't give me hey. nothing though, but still. Hey. Hey, but he taught me. He taught me Word. how to put never, a song Never give me beats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but yeah, he taught me that. So, you know, having that knowledge, I kind of applied it into my first real experience with, with Ant. So I was able to put my verses together in 16s, okay. put the hook together. And, you know, most of the first songs were like two verses and yeah. like, you know, a hook or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I applied it and I got my first two songs recorded in one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's really? awesome. Yeah. What were they called? Uh, you one was spit called, the first bar. I don't even remember the bars. <laughs> and the chorus, please. <laughs> I know the first song was like uh, Skills, S-K-I-L. I even spelled Skills wrong, but it, it sounded tight. I was like, I didn't give a fuck. It was like Skills, S-K-I-Ls, for reals, yo. It was some whack shit. But it was like my first shit. Hell yeah. Do you still have that recording? I don't. Well. I might have it at my mom's house, maybe, but I know I personally don't have it. We may need to yeah. dig in the crates for that one. Yeah. That'd be some crazy shit That'd be right really there. Crazy. Damn, I need I need that actually for some skits. Oh, that would be insane. Bro. Damn, that would be dude. Really you should yo, yo, you should find it. Might have it though. Really, he might have you it. You should find it and release it on a cassette. Damn, that would be stupid. with a little download code, just so people but just brand it on the cassette. Put it with like one of your. Uh, New songs and then as yeah. like a, a B side. Holy oh, shit! shit. It was crazy. I don't know. I'll be like weary if, if people will even appreciate it. Like, <laughs> like oh, I, I, that, I, I they're like, hey man, why, why is your little brother uh, <laughs> rapping on this? My voice is so high pitch. I had like a like a higher voice and shit. I sound like Q Tip or Magoo at the time. That's so tight. <laughs> oh, that's so tight. Shout <laughs> out to Magoo though. <laughs> Shout out to Magoo. 
Shout Magoo out. was one of the realest, though, bro. His voice was so dope to Man, me. I ain't gonna say he was the realest, bro. I ain't gonna say that. Okay, he definitely wasn't the realest. When I say the realest, it's this guy. I feel you. I feel you. He has uh, a- Hey, hold on. Third's brought the shotgun out and he blasted off. Uh, no, I feel M- it. Magoo is definitely not in the top three, Anoush. Uh, just to let you no, know. But, no, but Magoo's voice was unfucking believable. Unbelievable. Bro. He had a cool voice. He had a cool voice. I just didn't know what the fuck he was talking about most yeah, of the time. Yeah, I feel you. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> But yo, so bird, 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 But that song was a it was, it was a, a hit. It was a hit. Still, it was a hit. Still is. Yeah, still is. Still. You play it at any time. People True. are gonna get down. Hey, Straight up. I can't, Very hard I can't, to do. I can't Straight hate, up. but I just don't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> so you were fifteen. You yeah. got your first recording experience. Um, how did how did you and I come about? How did you and Jonas like? form y'all's bond was there something before that so all right when i was 15 so when i was recording with ant we ended up starting a crew it's called the rapture camp you know obviously ant was the head of it because he was the producer he was providing the studio and all that so he was the lead and then there was uh the easy all right (laughs) yeah (laughs) well like you know obviously more rap ability than easy not to not easy easy's awesome but like you know um I wasn't ice cubing for easy, you know? Right, right. So, <laughs> um, so Ant was the leader. Then we had a blaze. A blaze was my homegirl from high school as well. Nicole Jackson. I named her a blaze. Nice. And I just thought she had Damn, a, you be throwing the nicknames out there. Yeah, huh? I you do. I have, do. You just have that vision then, huh? I hey, see? I got, I got the eye. I got the eye. You do. He's, he's got to make a thirst generator. A thirst name generator. Hey, Thurs generator. Thurs name Bro. generator. <laughs> but shout out to that nickname because it's kept me fat for all these years. I, feel, <laughs> I respect that. Thank you. But, but, but back to Blaze. The Thurs nickname generator. <laughs> so we had a Blaze. We had Jonas or Jonas, however you call him. I call him Jonas. That's okay, how I met him. So from now on, I'm saying Jonas. <laughs> yeah, I call him Jonas. Jonas. Mama call him Jonas. I'm going to call him Jonas. Um, we had Mike Pye. There was uh, Ray or AKA Mundo. There was, uh, I know you heard of Jock. He's on like YouTube with all the shoes. Okay. Uh, he used to go by Cuddy or KU. Okay. He was part of the crew. And, Damn, y'all uh, had a big fucking crew. It was a big crew, ass bro. crew of people, though. It was like, you know, a lot of older cats kind of showing us the ropes of how, yeah, yeah. I guess, we think this rap world is supposed to work. But yeah, it was like a big crew of us. And then, um, but the main, it was mainly four that were consistently working and Got recording. It. And that was me, Ablaze, Yonish, and uh, Unjust or ADAT. Word. So um, we were a four-man crew, uh, mainly a four-man crew, but we had like a lot of yeah. homies and shit. And um, we did our thing throughout high school. Okay. I got to um, LMU, and um, I started throwing a lot of parties, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, It's wild because, just to like interject here, um, Chris Focus was here probably like yeah. six, seven months ago, and- you know me, bro. I'm that motherfucker that like would be like, look, bro, like we 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 have a natural respect for one another. We've known each other for so damn long, but like, yeah. what's your story? Like, let's just get like I have a tendency to go but deep. What's your story, bro? You know what, I mean? what is your story, bro? <laughs> talk to me, the Persian talk to guy. Un- talk to Uncle Noosh. No, but he literally he brought up the fact that like y'all were throwing these wild parties. Oh yeah. In college. Yeah, no. Yeah, flip side. <laughs> Where, where'd you throw the parties? You had an apartment? Or? Uh, yeah, we had an apartment on campus. 
And uh, we also had the auditorium. So, like, uh. me and Chris, we always uh, collaborate and throw hip-hop shows. And I was, like, doing most, most of the curation, and he was backing me up and helping me with some of the artists. Well, like, yeah, we we were a team, man. Me and me and Focus. He has know? an incredible fucking spirit, by the way. Oh, he's an awesome dude, like, man. He is such a shining light, bro. Like on yeah. some trail shit. And you one of the flyest guys I know. Yeah, you know, he could, he could dress it up. So, um, yeah, me and Focus, Chris Focus, throwing all these parties from Word. from the dorms to uh, St. Rob's Auditorium. Like these were dances, and then these were concerts. These were everything, like crazy ass dorm parties, and um. With doing like the hip hop shows, I kind of just started uh, gauging response from the audience. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, I'd figure out who they were really feeling, and that would kind of give me an idea of how to evolve myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I brought Rapture Camp up there, and I noticed, you know, me and Jonas were getting a lot of love from all the like the ladies for, on campus and all that, and. They weren't as receptive to everyone else. Word. So that kind of like sparked the idea. I was like, damn, maybe me and you should like just do a duo thing or something. You know, I don't think everybody would trip. Let's just try it. We okay. kind of have a similar lifestyle. Yep. You know, we we like the, you know, similar fashion. So I thought it was best to maybe like, you know, do our thing. Okay. So that's how you and I started at, when I was at LMU. Word. Yeah. Was it an issue when y'all broke it down like that? Or did it like... Yeah. How did it, it, it were kinda, the other guys like, oh. You know what? Yeah, I'm the star. I'm the star. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, it wasn't just immediate like that. Okay. It kind of just happened more organically, actually. Okay. Like, we both recognized the same thing. Oh, and yeah. we just started hanging out uh, duo-wise more and more Word. and more. Yeah. Started recording and it was like, fuck it, let's just let's do it. Let's just do a project. That's how we did fried chicken and watermelon. <laughs> uh, wow. <Yeah. laughs> wow. My mind is blown, you feel me? <laughs> I wish y'all could see my face right now. And Joe's telling me to come to the mic. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm such a I'm such a I'm such a rookie right now. No, but Get so y'all did fried chicken and watermelon. How did that? How did that come about? Who did y'all have on that? Mm-hmm. Um, what came to y'all from that experience? So, um, so at this time we were doing fried chicken and watermelon. Um, still curating all the shows and all that. So you're but, doing this kind of like on the side. Yeah. Um. So all right. So this is what I was doing, right? I got I got to rewind the story a little bit too. Let's do it. Um, so my senior year of high school, still doing the rapture camp thing, and I want to learn more about the industry. So I signed up for an internship at Rhino Entertainment. They're mm-hmm. like a subdivision of Vaughn and Music Group. Gotcha. So I worked under Kamika Freeman. She used to be at Priority Records. Mm-hmm. She was my project manager. So she um, gave me different assignments, and you know I was uh, handling the Fleetwood Mac catalog. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, and. Um, Few other different artists, but oh, Rakim, uh, and, and this uh, is uh, in marketing. Yeah, this is like a yeah. marketing internship. Yep. And we, I'm learning about press kits and just learning how to research artists. I'm learning how, learning what different markets uh, apply to different artists' music and all that. So you know that kind of just gave me knowledge and the whole idea of how to gauge audiences. Got or whatever. It. So when I started seeing what it they puts respond, a bug in, in yeah, your mind. Yeah, yep. it's planted the seed. Got it. So, you know, when I started seeing the response at shows, that's what kind of progressed me to see the duo kind of thing happening. And um, 
at LMU while I'm doing these shows. I did more internships, started interning at Capitol Records. And um, I was uh, in the marketing department. I was in the promo department. These sirens. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. These, these, these natural sirens mean something really important is going on around here. Well, yeah. Um, I was in A&R. Uh, Wendy Goldstein was the man A and R over there. How long were you over there for? Was it just that? Just that the whole period? summer. Like the whole summer. Oh, summer. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah summer right. internship. I could have kept going, but I was like, let me do something else. And you um, studied finance while yeah, at LMU. Yeah, business finance, and I was a uh, marketing minor. Was there, was there a reason you chose finance? Because uh, I felt like marketing was pretty self-explanatory. Got you. So I just did finance because I figured. If I really needed a job, there might be something more gotcha. available in that department. Yeah. And um, yeah, so doing that internship just kind of furthered along the whole idea of marketing. And um, you and I started happening. And then at that time, we were hanging out with the homies. Pat what, what year, for, for those that don't know, what year was, was it that Fried Chicken and Watermelon came out? That came out in 2007. <sighs> so this is actually after, after my college, after mm, college. Wow. Yeah. So we were we were doing like songs during the process and all that, but uh, it happened after the after I graduated. But like you know, in college we're hanging out with a whole bunch of folks and yeah. we're hanging out with Pac Div a lot. Those are our homeboys, really. Swift D. So I, we would be back and forth to Palmdale. Jonas lived in Palmdale. He moved okay. from Inglewood to Palmdale. Mm. We would hang out and play basketball with Swift and Pac Div, and they had dope ass beats. Swift was like a big. Swift is a monster. He's bro. a monster. He's a big Dillahead, and he just knew how to have those big-ass drums yeah. and all that shit, and mm-hmm. we loved that shit. We weren't really getting all that in Rapture Camp, so it's like, <laughs> right, right, so it makes sense. Y'all had to gravitate towards yeah, where we it was want, at. We wanted the dope beats. Yeah, yeah. So we would drive out to Swift's house. His, uh, his house was like a church, too. His dad was a pastor. He, really? His late, his late father. And uh, we would be, be in that house with no AC. <laughs> I love that. How many people... Don't have AC like when you're in your like early twenties, man. Like I feel like AC is just like uh, no, you're not old enough for that yet. <laughs> but it was so me? hot. It was so hot in Palmdale. I was like, why don't you have AC? This the moment Thurs started fan. saying no AC, I started sweating right now. And naturally, I'm a fat ass, so I'm sweating. Bro. <laughs> it's just like you surround yourself with fans blowing hot air at right? you. It's terrible. Damn. But yeah, so we, we got our first, I guess. Batch of beats as a duo from Swift. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Because Swift thought it was dope. Yeah. <sighs> and it was like, fuck it, man. Let's do it. So Swift did like four records on Fried Chicken Water, man. He did Do With Me. He did Let Me Be. He did, um, what else? What else? I can't remember the songs right now. Fuck, I can't remember the other songs. No worries. Yeah. yeah. But he gave us our first batch. That's insane, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So y'all, y- y'all put. W- when did Tomas Whitmore come into the picture? Tomas, oh, during Project Watermelon, yeah. because we, I went to school with Tomas. You know, we oh, actually, wow. we actually met on an intramural basketball court. No, you didn't. Yeah. H- how was his game though? Yeah, Tomas could ball. <laughs> really? Could ball. But at this time, I was in really good shape. I was in really good shape. <laughs> you know, and um, we played his team in the intramural championship. And he, he hates when I tell this story. <laughs> What's up, Tomas? It's about to be told right now. We'll, we'll get you on to, to tell your side of the story, but, but for now, Thurs is getting it in. 
I must have like, you know, 20 points that game. <laughs> ducats on buckets on ducats. <laughs> Tomas was doing his thing, you know. I, can't, I, t- I tell you, he has game. But he had a layup for the last shot of the game. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to get iced right now. Hold hey, on. I must have flew from like the, <laughs> from the free throw line. <laughs> I must have flew from the free throw line. And I... Bashed his, his lap. Well, I bashed his oh layup on the backboard. <laughs> you channeled then, your inner Rodman and Jordan at the yes, same time. Yes, yes. <laughs> I smashed his layup against the backboard. I know he's here. I know he. I know he feels he's me feeling this right now. He yeah, actually cringed right now, and we can't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped the drink that he had in his hand, and he looked up in the sky and asked why. <laughs> so. And then he tried to act like he was injured because he was embarrassed. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's that's really the worst. That's the worst. So it's like pulled oh. the Vladi on you. He pulled the Vladi on you. Down. He tried to act like his ankle was hurt. I was like, yo, who not hurt? <laughs> <laughs> and then we won the game. But that that was our first like you know that was our first interaction. And then he hit me up on Facebook, you know, because um, we had fried chicken and watermelon now. Yeah. And he got access to it, and he wanted to shoot a video for us. So, you know, I didn't even know he was a director. He actually never directed before. Mm, really? He actually never directed before. But he kind of gave me the feeling that, uh, that, he, that he had been working, you know, for a while. So, What, what, was, it, what, what was it about that feeling? Because it's like, you know what's crazy is like in this game, the, like at the end of the day, anybody that's doing it now has been nobody mm-hmm. at some point in time, right? But there's there's such a there's such a um, a quality about passion, yeah. right? Especially when you're young, because I feel like you know you guys were on your path, even though you know you didn't know what the future held. But your guys' yearning for for wanting to to, to really create and, and make an impact naturally, the energy of the world is going to be in your favor, yeah. right? So what was it about? Him and 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 the way that you know what I'm saying he portrayed his his craft that that mm. that had you gravitate towards it and also be like well let's go then well he Loki lied to me oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's like uh, you see this uh, <laughs> you see Yo. uh, you see this camera store Yo, he got swatted he did the body and then he lied to him oh, I feel you. He told me, he sent me references of these Nike commercials. And then, you know, <laughs> he was like, yo, you know, I'm working on some stuff like this. And, you know, I've been doing this. And, you know, I've done this with Nike. And I was like, oh, okay. This is pretty cool. He was like, I'd love to work with you guys. I'd love to shoot your first video. I'm like, all right. Fuck it. Let's do it. Word. And we shot Cream. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> you know what? And I was like blown away. He blown had like a dope away, team. bro. And you know, that was his first video. That's awesome. Wow. And we fucking did cream. Uh, and shout out to Dame Taylor because he produced that beat. That's and, um, nice. What's up, Dame? And we followed it up with Beautiful Day. <sighs> Yo, <laughs> Beautiful Day was a monumental oh, man. video for y'all. Definitely, dude. What Definitely. was that like? Like, so, okay, so being. That was Tomas's second video. Yeah. Right? That was y'all's second video. That was actually, was that our second or third? Yeah, it was our second video. Second video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful Day was so well received. Yeah. That was such a classic video. 
What was that like for y'all being so green? Like, I feel like that that video like sparked like a wildfire. It did, dude. And who who, who came up with the concept? Tomas, man. Oh, okay. Very cool. Came with the concept, you know, very reminiscent of the far side a little bit. And now we were just doing experiments. Just to Did you have a there. feeling that it was going to be like that? Or was it something that hit you out of nowhere? Like, wow, we did it. Um, I kind of didn't know exactly what to expect. I know I had an idea. Okay. You know, just through the test that we were doing. And after the test, I kind of I saw what it was going to be. Okay. And then when we executed it, I was like, damn, this is tight. This came together. Right. You know, there were just... Um, a lot of elements that weren't planned, like the lowrider in the beginning. Really? Yeah, the dude just was like trying to support and just pulled his car up. Oh, wow. And uh, just the host, you know, a lot of folks in the city came out, man, and people were just like lined up. That's on, incredible. On 81st. How'd that make you feel? Uh, man, it Did was... Did it feel real then? Like, like w- was that that moment for you or, or had it always felt real? The most real that it felt was when we did um, the MTV taping. Mm-hmm. For, for your for MTV the VMAs, for, no, for the VMAs, wow. that performance, that, yeah, wow. at the Roxy, that's the most real it felt. And then seeing that on TV, like on um, uh, demand, what what do you call it? Uh, something demand. I guess when you play on something, demand, on demand, on demand. Mm. Seeing like our performance on demand, and then Crazy. everybody in the city hitting us up, like yo. And then the actual voting process, like we fucking smashed the voting process. That's when I knew it was real. I was yeah. like, damn, the world is paying attention. How long was that after the video? Um, the videos what got us there. Yeah. So, yeah, so but how, like, was that just a few months? I think like eight months. Okay. So yeah. it was later. And so y'all, like the video won, happened. Y'all won and the that, award for what? For uh, best uh, 2008 MTV breakout artist. Got it. Yeah. So the video came out and spread like wildfire. Yeah. At that point, so were people starting to come to you guys at that point? Did you see a shift in like your fan base? Did you see a shift in um, basically your career? Was that like the first major shift? Because since then, you had your following, you, you had your crowd, you had the people that supported you, but it's like, oh, there's a lot of people that I don't know that are coming towards us. I have to say, I couldn't really gauge... Because we didn't really have an audience like that mm-hmm. in, with Rapture Cam. This is like, with I guess Beautiful Day kind of exposes to what our natural audience was. Yeah. Um, Jump it on for the city. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody else did what we were doing at the time. And, you know, there was, def- there was definitely a whole movement here. You know, you had like yeah. the cats like Blue and Pac Div and Jay oh, Davey yeah, and yeah. all that. But, like, you know, nobody did what we had did at that time. So it was like, uh, we were trend setting, trend setting. Yeah, um, y'all really were. Yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. And then the turning yeah. point moment was really the the VMA shooting. Yeah. You're like, oh shit! Like, yeah. I'm on some professional shit right now. Yeah, where yeah. you you actually feel like going from uh, hey, we're just you know making you know songs, uh, videos with our friends, with our fans, but now we're like, this is MTV, and we just got nominated and yeah. about to win this award. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy experience, man. It was definitely dope. Definitely did y'all dope. have management at that point, or did that come afterwards? Well, we, we were rocking with Chris London uh, for a while. Got like, it. Um, I, f- I found Chris London on MySpace. Really? Yeah. Tell us about that. So he was the first person I found doing video blogs. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Ahead of his time. Yeah. 
So he was pretty much like embedding a video blog and he's MySpace bulletins. Bro, MySpace set off it's so, so many careers, it's so bro. Crazy. Yeah. My man, if you were in someone's MySpace top eight or what oh, was it? Yeah. What was it top <laughs> Yeah. I took Tom off real quick. <laughs> no, that was a very important thing though. Yeah, yeah, man, the top eight, and then just people like having your song as their profile song. Unreal. Like, it was this one hot chick. Uh, what was her name? I think she's from Chicago, but she put Beautiful Day as her wow. profile song. And she was like a big deal. And that's, I was like, damn, man, this shit is kind of crazy. Like, it's How crazy wrong. is that for the second time? Because well, the Fisticuffs were talking about how yeah. that set it off. Like the hot chicks on MySpace well, during the that, songs on. During that yeah. time, what year was that? It was like 2008. Eight or nine? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the really the high the the height of MySpace where you had the music player. Yeah. You had uh, yeah. all that stuff was like it was like very very gauged towards music. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. See, a lot yeah. of people don't know the effect that MySpace had. Man, so MySpace was, is a huge platform. Dude. Huge. Did he reach out to y'all or did you reach out to him? Who? Chris London. I reached out to him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I reached what out was to him. it? What was it about his vlogs that? I just, I didn't know I never um met like a legit manager. Word. So I was like, damn, this dude seems legit. Uh I like what he's talking about on these vlogs. Yeah. I knew he managed Aloe Black and Trek Life. Yeah. So I was like, Yo, hmm. Chris Lowkey, bro, shout out to Chris London because he is he's truly he's I honestly consider him one of my first mentors in this game. Sorry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris yeah. London is such an incredible spirit and like the way that he rocks for his artists is unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? And 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 he took me under his wing when mm. when our journey started. Yeah. And and really like he will do whatever it takes for you. True. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's like, loyal. He he's it. he's smart. He's, he's loyal. He's mm. smart. <laughs> he's loyal. He didn't change <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all had been rocking with Chris. Yeah. The video went bananas. Yeah. Y'all had the breakout artist of 2008 go mm. down. Let's talk about after that. So it became real after that point. Yeah. Right? What was next for y'all? Like, so, did, did it change for y'all? Like, were you... Because, look, I, I always look at you as, as the sergeant general of the group, right? Right. You were always... Um, really really involved with not only the business of it and 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 the creative integrity of it but like you wanted to make sure that you were running a tight ship yeah you know what i'm saying so when that happened like and that mentally switched for y'all mm. did it did it become something different for you then or was it like let's just keep rolling i wanted it to keep rolling i wanted the music to get better okay. i just wanted everything to increase and after all the MTV stuff is when we started recording um, the next project, A Love Supreme. Classic. Um, <laughs> Classic. Now, it, it definitely, definitely struck a lot of nerves with, you know, mm -hmm. the new audience that we were building. Yeah. So Tell was, us about uh, that. Um, so it was like all produced by Road Boulevard. I was a little um, hesitant as to have a, having one project produced by one producer mm -hmm. because Why? I saw the response that Beautiful Day had. I was like, hmm, does this make sense to go this route when Diabolic kind of gave us something that people are gravitating to? Because yeah. Diabolic did, you know, Beautiful Day did lap dance on that project. And um, 
Castlevania for us. That was on like a mixtape, but that we just was, had that, a good that joint sound. was wild, bro. Yeah, we had a good sound. You put those Nintendo samples yeah. in there, did you not? Dope. Yeah. So I was a little hesitant to do in this project. Um What made what made you give in? Because like you don't strike me as a cat to bite their tongue for yeah. long, right? Yeah. So what what was it that 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 made you kind of like I guess go with the flow at that point. I think, uh, all right, so I went with the flow. Um, a lot of the times it was just me and Ro in the studio because Jonas would be in Palmdale. Okay. So there would be certain times on the weekends we'd all be in studio together. And you, some of the songs were coming out really cool. And um, during the week, sometimes me and Ro would meet up at his mom's house in Sun Valley. And, you know, the songs just kept, you know, getting a little bit better and better. And, um... I guess what made me stick with it was the uniqueness of the sound. Yeah. I felt like it didn't sound like anything else. Okay. And it was all, there's a lot of synergy between the records, and I felt like it was uh, sonically uh, a unison sound throughout the project. Mm-hmm. So I just, I let it rock. And um, did you have, like, looking back at it, like, do you have any qualms with that? Or I was do. That? Okay. I uh-huh. do. I do. I do. Um, how would I say? How would I say it? Um, some of the songs I'm not. I still don't even rock with. Like, okay. I just didn't think some of the songs are tight. Okay. But like, did you vocalize that then? I wasn't. Or was I, it kind of like more like, okay, we're going. And and how how is that for an artist? Right. It was it was like. I didn't want it to be the third show. I was trying to do a group project, so okay, I was like, okay. all right, if nobody else is speaking up about this yet. Let me just kind of like see if everybody else is rocking. You know, yeah, let me yeah, just, yeah. you know, if this is a group thing, mm-hmm. I'll be reserved on certain things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and as long as, you know, I can have my input on certain records, cool. You right. know, so I, I let it rock. And, you know, everybody kind of had their input. So I, I was cool. I did a lot of, a lot of songwriting on there, but like uh, some songs I would have left off. Okay. I would have left off. Yeah. Okay. And do you feel like, looking back at it, like, if you were to do it differently, mm-hmm. right, then would you be more vocal? Or did, did 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 you bottling that up affect you in any way? Because I feel like it's so crazy working with groups, and, and Joe can attest to this, like, yeah, being in the New Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to, to, to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like... It's crazy because last night I went to the studio with this with this cat Marky Basie that that I really fuck with, right? Yeah. He like and me being in this game, like I understand too many cooks in the kitchen and artistic integrity and all that. Yeah. Um. He was working on a song that 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 was kind of birthed from a discussion that we had, and he had a thought and he went and recorded it, and he had this like ad lib to it uh-huh. that was insane when he first recorded it. Yeah. And I went in and they were finishing that record. Sorry. Right. right? And it just changed. Uh. And I was I was bugging myself about it. Like, do I be that asshole and tell these guys, like, yo, what the fuck happened to that? Yeah. Because I don't want to step on anybody's toes. And they're young in the game. So, like, I knew that if I said something, like, his producers would maybe have a feeling about it. Yeah. But it got to the point with me where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, it's y'all's choice. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't be able to live with myself had I kept it silent. Yeah. So I spoke on it, and then that sparked, and like, 
they did what they did. Yeah. And they added that kind of essence. It wasn't because of me, but like, it's crazy because knowing that feeling of like, when you keep your mouth shut and you have something to say, even if it's for the good of the group, like, it still eats at you. Like, it's not resentment, but yeah. it's like, it eats no, at you it because is resentment, like, bro. is it? It's, it is resentment. Okay. I mean, the thing is, it's like, you have to pick your battles. You know, that's the thing. Obviously, when you're in a group, like you said, it can't be the third show. Um, you have to pick your battles. And, and I think it's about the people you work with that if you don't feel free enough to express how you feel, that's not a problem with, um, I don't think it's a problem with the songs or, or like having an opinion about the song. It's really about how other people are going to react to your opinion. So yeah. if you think these people that you're working with are going to like have a negative effect or like, uh, you know, feel like, because you're not coming from a third show place. Mm -hmm. You're being like, I actually just don't like really like this song. It's obje yeah. it's actually objective, right? Yeah. And it's subjective too. It's like, okay, that's cool. I like, you know, the other person can be like, I like it. You're like, cool. Yeah. But when you keep your mouth shut, I think that's a product of not wanting to start any like friction. Yeah. And that's only But friction naturally happens, doesn't it? Yeah, not? no, it's it's fine to have friction, but I think it's like it depends because Word. it's like sometimes is it that real to really say something and then spark something that could actually be very detrimental to the project mm -hmm. overall? Is it really worth that? Or is it worth keeping your mouth shut? I don't know. Like whatever, cause that builds up resentment too. Okay. That really does happen. So was it resentment for you or was it like, what, what, what was that feeling? Like? Um, I, uh, at the time recording yeah. it, uh, I wouldn't say it was resentment. It was really, as far as not speaking up. Yeah. Um, I just wanted, I just wanted shit to keep. I just wanted people to keep working. I okay. didn't want there to be. Yeah, I didn't want it to be any resentment okay. involved. I didn't want that uh, element. I wanted everything just to be organic and you know, work out to the best. Okay. So I let it keep going. Let it keep going, and you know. Luckily, people fucked with it. When yeah. it came out, we dropped it on our website. Yeah. Midnight or some shit like that. I forgot what date. And Twitter went crazy. And it was, it was cool. It was dope. Word. It was a good response. Good, yeah. And uh, what else? This is like 2009. Let me ask you this. How, how does it feel with that that project getting those types of like rave responses? Yeah. But you also, as a creator, feeling that there were certain parts of it that didn't hold the integrity that you may have wanted. Mm -hmm. well, how, how's that? How does that feel for an artist? Because I feel like a lot of us on the outside don't get to really like understand that intimate perspective. Yeah. And it's not a matter of like, oh man, he's bugging or this, that, and the other. But like, at the end of the day, bro, like creatives are vulnerable. Like your yeah. babies are going out there. Your word is representing your vision, right? <laughs> so you naturally want whatever you put into the ether to fully represent yourself. Dude, yeah, it it sucks when people don't like your music. <laughs> but what, just, what, I, but, I what, but what about the, them liking your music when you don't? Like on some like Nirvana shit. Mm. I was just weary of some of the beats, man. Okay. Like I didn't know if some of the beats were all the way to my liking and some of the songs I felt like it was I, you know it's supposed to evolve yeah. so that was cool there was evolution okay 
but it just wasn't evolving the way I imagined. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Word. I got uncomfortable with it a little bit, but I couldn't halt the process because there's momentum. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, you know, the more music at that time was the more beneficial for us. So you kind of like bit the bullet. Yeah, I had well, to. And that's, that's actually an interesting topic is that when you feel like, so one of the hardest things to do as a musician or artist is create momentum. One of the hardest things. Yeah, truly. Um, very much developed on content, but also engaging and retaining people and then giving them what they want constantly. Yeah. Especially in music. It's a burden, um, bro. When you, I, I guess we could even go back to the post VMAs and now you're, you're recording new music, putting new stuff out. Yeah. Was it, were you conscious of like, all right, we need, the, the iron's hot right now. We need to keep this moving and as best as possible, even if I have to sac- sacrifice, sacrifice I, the stuff I like yeah. for the sake because you know how important that is. I felt like I was conscious of that at the time. I think I was always conscious of that I of that uh of that principle. Like yeah, kind of right. like strike one iron's hot. Yep. I was always conscious of that. And you know, after being forced to put out 2.0, you know, because there was oh, no Oh, you were forced to put out 2.0. There was no new content. And it's like, you know, Chris understood this I, this this concept as well that we had to keep putting out music. So let me ask you. Well, I'm not gonna say we were forced. Okay. I'm not no, gonna but, say we were forced, but, but so like, so, but, but so, if you so, don't, so hold on. You don't so there was no new content. Why? Um, there was no new content because, you know, I would be in the studio trying to get everybody in the studio, trying to get Jonas in the studio. And, um, you know, we, we were recording songs here and there, yeah. but there wasn't a constant effort to, like, keep going. You know, really? there was a... a co- from, from your view, what was it? Like, that, that had to have been hard for you. Um... I guess, okay, so after we put out Love Supreme, we got this green label situation. Okay. And the green label situation, we did Land of the Kings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Roe produced that. Uh, the original version was this electronic version. Okay. You know, I, I immediately when I heard it, I wrote the chorus. Word. To, you know, the sunshine don't go yeah. away, all that stuff. And I, it's like, y'all want kids singing this shit. <sighs> so let's do all that. And, that. and to have those kids singing it was fucking incredible. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, Green Label got more involved. They wanted to um, beef up the production and get live musicians involved. And uh, I was all for it. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. You know, Is that where Tamara and them came in? Um, no, no, okay. not yet, not yet. They, okay. we'll get to them. Okay, okay. <laughs> I jumped um, the gun, y'all. <laughs> it, it, was around, it was right after that, though. Got it. Right after that. Um, we... Linked up with Green Label. We were recording in Eagle Rock. And um, Jay Kern, he's over at Red Bull now. It's crazy, small world. But he was like our A&R, I guess, A&R, I guess, that was overseeing um, that aspect of our project. So okay. he was bringing in musicians, bringing in pianists, bringing in horn players. And, you know, we were beefing up the record, you know. I, I wanted to beef up the drums, too. But we were hitting like this... Uh, I guess going head on with Rose Vision. Mm. Okay. And it's like, I guess, because it the was. The artist producer. It's a battle. you and I thing. Yeah. Right, right, and right. Like, you know, I guess Rose Boulevard's name is attached as the producer. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, everybody saw the vision for beefing up the drums and it's going head on with him. It was just hard working with Ro at that time, too. You know, he almost fucked over that situation. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. Really? Definitely. Oh. 
Definitely. Um, he was like kind of arguing, you know, uh, saying, yeah. I don't like this. I don't want this. He's taking Jeez. away from the integrity. And I feel him. He's an artist. But like, you know. But, they're, such they're, a, they're but, this, this, but this is a great point. You have an opportunity, man. Yeah. We know how valuable opportunities are, how valuable momentum is. Like this, this shit drives me crazy, dude. There's a very, very small window of how you take advantage of the opportunities. Yeah. And the P and this very small window makes or breaks a lot of fucking bands and True artists. Story, bro. A lot. Your timing and the way you seize that opportunity. It, it sounds like cliche or whatever, like, oh my God, you know, seize that. No. Yeah. In a moment like this, it's like, yeah, what if it did go the other way? What if he actually did fuck that up for you guys? Yeah. Um, That's so Think true, about bro. how that one course of action would have probably affected a lot of things to follow. Yeah. Really important for a lot of, it, it's, we talk about that, um, how, how you balance those opportunities that come. You know, we say all the time, it's like, as as an artist, you guys are fighting for opportunities, right? You're, yeah. you're like, what's the next one? What's the next? I got to do this, this. Got to do a show. Got to release this album. Got to do this press. Got like everything. The videos. You're trying to find opportunities, and then like the right ones start to come. Yeah. You don't hit it right. It, it it's it's it can be highly detrimental. Yeah, man. We saw it all the time in New Kingdom. All the time. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating at that time, man. It's like. You're letting somebody almost dictate an opportunity <laughs> that can like propel your career. Yep. You know? And um the fact that they weren't looking at it at that time. And it's not like it, it, you can you can go, you can, you know, vouch for different perspectives, but as the independent artist that wants to blow up and wants yeah. to like have everybody eat. It's like, damn, dude. Do you have any hit records? Are you li- are you still living with your mom? Do you yeah. have your own house? Very true. You know, like, come and on, dog. You haven't done and it yet to like so, know what it is. Yeah. And what's crazy is that where you guys are at right now, with actually all the like quote unquote success you've had up until this point, mm-hmm. you still haven't made it though. Yeah, we're still not making money like right, that. You right, right. Like, you're, you're, you're st- it's like the elements are there, yeah. but you. There's a there's actually there's like a fine line from when you cross over Mac and Brian we're talking about it yeah. when you, you can work really really hard and stay right at that but then at that point but then when you cross over yeah. it's it's a huge shift mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. you're not there yet you yeah. know at that at that point you and you know like hey and it, we're not even there yet we need to make this work we need yeah. these, to make these opportunities work so let me ask you when when like. So did this become a time where you were actually fighting for what you thought about the drums? Or were you... Or were you? Well, I mean, I, the drums never came to how I wanted them to be. Okay. If you listen to Land of the Kings right now, it does not bang. Those drums <laughs> fucking suck. No, okay. Drums do fucking suck. On yeah. song. I like the song. The, song, the record, the did, song is did, awesome. Did you, did you... But were you fighting for the drums? I definitely wanted it to bang more. So were you? So th- this is an interesting question because Chris Lennon was managing you guys and Roe Boulevard at the same yeah. time. Were you speaking with Roe about this? Were you also talking to Chris about like, yo, what the fuck is going on with this shit? Like, who do we talk to? to get, like, how do you? Because that that divide becomes interesting. So Roe's main argument was that he actually didn't like any of the instrumentation. Oh. Yeah, she didn't like any uh, of the instrumentation. So what exactly don't you like? All of it. <laughs> yeah. I hate, I hate yeah. it all. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. And, we, you know, me and Yonish, we loved it. We liked the instrumentation. Yeah. And I, and I wanted the drums to bang. So the, the median, or I guess the compromise was, 
know, Let's leaving it as is. Bro. Sacrifice mm-hmm. is leaving the record as is with yeah. instrumentation, but no enhancement of the drums. So that's another time that you just cringed at that fact. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and on top of that, at this time, so at this time there was like, was was this the time where there started to be like a disconnect? Between, started, between you and Jonas? Yeah, yeah, the, definitely. Because, all right, the disconnect started. Yeah, the, the disconnect was definitely present. But, like, we were still hanging out. Okay. You know, still boys and all that. Me, him, and Jeff, we were hanging out top at this time. And um, I went and um, I re- you know, we, we recorded a demo verse to the electronic version. Then when okay. we got in to do all the instrumentation, we re-recorded the verses. Okay. Um, there was an issue with uh, Jonas's original verse on Land of the Kings. Which was what? Um, I, I, I don't want to say. Um, I'd say we wanted it to be stronger. Okay. Because I knew, I knew he can do better. Yeah. And, you know, there was a fight to get him to re-record his verse. Okay. And, like, Chris felt the same way, okay. you know? So we got him to re-record it because the first verse was kind of bad, like, as far as the content, lyrical yeah. content. And and that's not even like how do I want to say it? Like it's the lyrical content. I'm not saying it had to be like some crazy, yeah, blow shit. your mind yeah, type. Not shit. at all. It just it just up to his standards as you knew it. Yeah, right. I just thought it could be better. Right. Yeah. And um, he initially didn't want to meet that. Okay. So we kind of had to motivate him to get into that groove. This is the, this is like mind you, and I interject here because this is a beautiful. Uh, depiction of the battles that groups have, yeah. Because you like you're taking singular individual artists and you're putting them together, and really the only way groups really work, mm-hmm. like y'all had a group of two. Imagine like New Kingdom, like right. y- y'all were a group of many. But it's like, yes, there are compromises, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it becomes a super give and take, but there needs to be a level in which both parties or every party feels that is being met. It's yeah. a rela- it's a, it's literally a relationship, dude. It is like, it's, it's very, very similar. It's identical to a relationship. Um, yeah, man. It's crazy. And like, what's crazy hindsight, this forecasted everything. Like yeah. this, this situation with green label forecasted the wow. demise of that relationship. You know, of that of that artist relationship. Um That was a that's a wild foreshadowing, bro. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy that it hit on all angles there. Yeah. Like the the staple producer mm-hmm. that like I feel like, you know, after Fried Chicken and Watermelon and when the Love Supreme came out, like everybody knew I right, word, you and I is being produced by Roe Boulevard. These motherfuckers have this entity here. Yeah. When at the time, when things are steaming and rolling, nobody knows that this friction and this create this, this creative block is happening, and it's like a volcano ready to erupt. Yeah. So, so y- y'all, y- y'all had this issue where you know. Let me ask you: Did you was your daughter born at this time? My daughter was born in two thousand seven. So. Right after Fried Chicken Watermelon. Word. Right right before Fried Chicken Word. Watermelon. Actually, so this, this is born in May. We dropped it in June of 2007. You know, so, you, you, so at this point, you have a daughter. Yeah, I have a daughter. Yeah. So, so, like, so my, my, see? Yeah. You know now, what's crazy? Now, sorry, go on. No, you know what's crazy is that like, 
I never spoke this aloud, but I always had this in the back of my mind because um, I know what it, it's so wild for for like this to be put out in a perspective and, and understand like I know a lot of what went on, but the beauty of of this podcast setting is that. I want to ask these questions because I want to hear your view. Because at that time, even even when I was working with y'all, wait, when? Did, sorry to interrupt. When did you come on board with them? Where were you at this time? I came on board with them in two thousand nine. Right? Two thousand, like so, we met, and I spoke of this. I met y'all for the first time at CBG one two three with Shakib. Okay, y'all performed with Rob Roy. It was a Cottrell's event. Yep. Yeah. Shakib, I was interning at this film company. Okay. Me and Shakib was starting Loud Dreams. Yeah. We went out there. We vibed out. Yep. And like throughout that summer, um, we'd see each other. Like we saw each other at the Roosevelt. We saw each other at motherfucking Hyde back in the day when mm-hmm. it was a shoebox. And like there was just, just like really good energy. And we started coming by to True Studios yeah. and all these different things. But And this so that was all after uh, this, this recording. Yeah, this yeah. was after yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. So you guys but, are still but, doing But okay even though. in that time, it's crazy to look back, like in hindsight, is that, you know, it's wild for me to hear this because it all makes sense. Like, it made sense then, but there's such a pure view about hearing the actual story because I always saw, it, like, the wild shit for me in that relationship, and, and, and which is like, I, I feel like is a, test, uh, is a testament to even though the inevitable happen, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I'm still as close with Thurs as I am with Jonas, right? And even in that relationship, mm-hmm. it was that I understood early that there was no sides to be taken, mm-hmm. right? In that relationship, I was a lot closer to Jonas because like he, me and, me and him connected and he brought me in, right? But mm-hmm. I respect the craft and I also respect the integrity and like at my position there, like, I felt like I was truly a soldier on the front line mm-hmm. and I would do anything to just make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I felt like they saw that. It wasn't me trying to make them see that. It was just them naturally seeing that I was like hustling and bustling and doing it, which is why they as a group, you know, wanted to bring me on. But the tension I always saw, you know what I mean? And it's crazy to hear how it was bubbling from the onset, like the history that they had, and it was still bubbling on the onset. But, you know, I always looked at it this way, is that Jonas was wilding out. He gave so much to the group, but he was also wilding out. And Thurs was very meticulous, not only with his craft and his pen, but with which the way that he saw the operation running. Mm. Because let's be very honest, it's an operation. 100%. If you want to make this shit work, if this shit is going to fucking be able to penetrate the spoils, the luxuries, and the fucking mirages that are thrown at you as things get bigger and bigger and bigger, it has to be a well-oiled machine. And cats need to know the grounding of where they came from to be able to keep the clarity of their minds along this road. Because if you break out and don't know yourself, you're going to fall victim to the mirage of your brand and who you are as an artist and lose yourself as a human being. And I also knew and respected the fact that like 
Thurs operated and wanted this ship to operate as a well-oiled machine and tirelessly and time and time again was fighting for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't reciprocated, right? But my it's position at that like point... definitely like different, circum- different circumstances. Like looking back, my circumstances was different from yeah. Jonas's and... You had a family to provide yeah, for. Yeah, I had That's my daughter. Very, very different. You know, I, had a, I was working a job. I was like actually backing a lot of the uh, the you and I movement financially. Wow. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah. What were you and doing for work? I was a stat analyst in uh, the Pacific Palisades. So I got fired before doing all the you and I shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, and a lot it, of people don't realize that like you're rocking shows at night. You yeah. have you're massive, hella, you're super hot in the LA scene. Super hot in the LA scene. Yeah. The internet is is going wild. Yeah, and um, you're waking up and crunching numbers throughout the day. Yeah, and that is so real, so yeah. real. Oh it was God. even crazy. I freaking even got to but, a stat yeah. analyst. Yeah, so I'm sorry. That's a, that's, uh, that I was, was the a worst job. analyst. <laughs> <laughs> that job uh, fucking just doing uh, projections and budgeting for fourth quarter. And then, uh, <laughs> I hated that job, man. Those fucking Republicans, man. <laughs> 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 they, they all voting for Trump right now, too. For real. Uh, um, what I was going to say, I forgot to mention, um, before we released The Left Supreme, we did Before There Was Love, the mixtape. So that was like a cool experience, too. And that's why I even felt funny just releasing uh, A Love Supreme with one producer because we were working with a whole bunch of dope producers. Yo, that, that before, puts it into such a different perspective. I feel you on that. Yeah, you know? Like we had... You're like, you know, yo, we have all of L.A. here and we're closing this off? Yeah. Like For what? Black Milk, you know what I mean? You have like... Shout out to Domi Pro Mike, you know? Like, there's so many people that were like incredible producers and I just didn't know if that was the right move yep, to do work. that, you know? Luckily, it worked out. It worked out for what it was at the time. I felt like it could have been a bigger impact. Let me, let me ask you this. Like, mm-hmm. it worked out, but it worked out on its road to implosion. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Had, I, had, I take, had I maybe stepped up and like spoke out having a clear vision, but you can't have a vision until you, you experience cannot. it. You cannot, absolutely. And that's very critical. Yeah. Like, so many cats think that like they know what move is gonna get them there. They yeah. don't. Yeah. You understand me? Because wow, this is one of those moments where y'all made a decision mm-hmm. against your will. Yeah. It was succeeding, but it ended up being a detriment. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Looking back, do you think because naturally, like, let's be honest, like you 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 can't account for the group aspect, mm-hmm. yours and Jonas's, yours and Jonas's relationship, yeah. right? But looking back, do you think that? Do you think you alienated these other producers, or do you think that it was just like the way that it went, or like what? What was that feel? Because y'all had successes. You guys were one of the groups that brought all of LA on. Yeah. Like from the onset, I'll be dead honest, bro. Like every show that we had in LA, it became something that y'all were fighting for to get these artists like the Schemes and the Kendricks, who was K-Dot at the time, on stage. Like, you guys really wanted L.A. on. It was a community. Yeah, man. And, like, I have to... I don't want to say... Yeah, man, that's definitely, definitely what I, you know, what I felt like should be happening. Because I felt like people weren't embracing us. Yeah. You know, like... 
There was a lot there, of there, there was there was some embracing from like you know cats like Exhibit or whatever and Bun B and mm. some some cool OGs out there, but there were certain artists and movements that weren't embracing you and I. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Fuck all these people. Yeah. If I think you're dope, come rock with us, dude. Wow. That's why I grabbed on the Kendrick like that. I was like, yo, dude, I think you're really tight. Fuck with us. Yeah. You know, I brought him on stage. Y'all had the platform. Yeah, I brought him on stage at every show. We did the Bitch, I Do This remix. Yeah. You know, we essentially put Kendrick on for yeah. that cool crowd in L.A. Yeah. TD didn't do that. They Not didn't at have, that they time, didn't, yeah. They, they didn't have access to they that. They didn't. We and brought them to that crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And True the story. Crowd, crowd was very big. Yeah. True story. And you guys have probably one of the liveest hip-hop shows in L.A. Thank you, man. No, seriously. That's, that's not even like... Even no, for complimental purposes, hands motherfucking that's just, down. That's bro. just like what it was. Yeah. Hands down, hands down. And everyone knew that. I yes. mean, and you know, we talk about the recordings here a lot and, and what goes on and what, what hits the internet. But you guys, the importance of your live show was really what took it to that next level. For sure. I mean, you create. Sure. That's where the community came in. That's where the buzz came. That's where. Mm. Oh shit! Let's get let's let's be a part of this you and I experience. Yes, yeah. um, it was something that crossed. You guys did what a lot of people can't do, which is you, you hit that gray area perfectly. You're, you were crossover. You you still remain very very strong with the hip hop roots, <laughs> but we're also able to hit um, an alternative crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know it, it, the the entire spectrum. Um, it was almost like not genre specific, even though it was hip hop, and even yeah. though it was it was very very hip hop. Yeah, it still can cross the genres very easily. Um, it's crazy to bring it back to to Thurza's internship uh, <laughs> after high school because I feel like one of the greatest things that y'all did outside of being incredible performers is truly playing to the crowds. Oh yeah, right. So your natural like and understanding. I gotta say, I gotta, to give, I gotta give a, a, a kudos to Pack Div. Word. Because, you know, they definitely inspi- helped inspire our live show. Really? They made our live show better. Really? I gotta say that too. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be Really? Real. Talk they, about that. Yeah, Pack Div was really dope. So, uh, this is probably what even started a rift between us and Pack Div. Okay. And this is like, you know, we weren't biting these guys, but they inspired us to have a liver show. Mm-hmm. You know, like I saw. I brought them to my school at LMU. Okay. And, you know, they would do, like, dance routines to old school songs. And, On like, some digital underground shit? Or, like, what, what like, was just it like? Like, they, they, like, a, like, like a skit, kind of, in the, in the show? Yeah, a skit yeah. in the show. Like, dancing to Soul For Real. Yeah. Or, like, you know, Candy Rain and shit. That's something funny Some, some type good. of camera shit. You know, they, it, was, it was dope. And I'm like, damn. Word. They're engaging with this crowd. Yes. You and I, we need to engage with the crowd on a bigger wow. level. So, like, they inspired me to make this live show better or just throw ideas That's incredible. to make it better. Hey, shout so out like, to Pac Div. Yeah, shout out to Pac Div, man. And, like, it sucks that there was, like, that beef in yeah. L.A. between you and I and Pac Div because there was no biting at that time like that. Yeah. There was definitely some influence. Yeah. But, like, and I, and I feel them. I feel it. I would have been mad, too, you know? But, like, I wish it didn't work out like that because together, you and I and Pac Div, we could have fucking made millions together nobody in la was buzzing like that man yeah true so, story yeah. yeah so wow and now this, i'm cool with everybody yeah and shit, right no <laughs> it's like uh, like, yeah. like just played my party in my living room party bro that it, 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 it's crazy because it's like it's like young shit you know what i mean young and like shit, man. as you said earlier you never know what it is until you experience it you yeah. know what i'm saying like in this game beefs will happen yeah but as men they won't really last if if it's if it's 
something that really doesn't carry weight like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we all go through different shit and then like realize, yeah. oh, look, I fucked up here. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like you fucked up, but let me go talk to you. I want to be a bigger yeah. man. Like I hated that me and Pac Div didn't get along like that. Cause like we had like a dope relationship prior to like you and I kind of like taking off. During this time, that's obviously like another turning point. Yeah. Like it's crazy because you see a turning point with like the success starting to happen with you and I, the LA movement, your guys' buzz really blowing. Yeah. Then the, this friction between you guys and Pac Div, another turning point, but in the other direction. Mm. Did that like, did that affect you and I at all? You know what? You know what? In hindsight, I'm pretty sure it did have an effect on you and I. Yeah. You know, and I, I had to take responsibility for that because I felt like I was probably the most personally affected by this beef, by these beefs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, you wore your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, I wore my heart on my sleeve. And, like, you know, I was good with everybody. I was like, you know, I, I, wanted a community of artists yeah. you know, essentially that's why i did the lmu shows and brought everybody so the fact that you know they're spitting on you and i i feel like they truthfully were spitting on thurs on yannick you know they were spitting yeah. in my face personally so i took it i took it to heart even more yeah. and like you know Jonas was the type to just kind of brush it off his yeah. shoulder and i was like yo that's cool but like these dudes are like you know this is la like this is a different market. This is not just a brush it off your shoulder market. Yeah. At that time, that's what I was thinking. And I wanted to address everything. So, like, I, me responding to some of these beefs definitely probably negatively affected the group. Word. So, I got to take responsibility for that. Word. Yeah. Word. So, po- that's, that's, that's insane. So, post, post this, now... Was your fan base split? Like, did you see a f- actual like physical split in your fan base? Like those going not like necessarily, but in L.A. In L.A. In L.A. Yeah. But like you know, we were kind of like transitioning to a point where we were getting a, a global fan. Not, I don't, even, I don't, I don't want to say it was that big. No, but, but yeah, it's was, it was expanding to where it was just more than just being like a regional thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't really have like as big as an effect as it would have had maybe like eight months prior. Yeah, or something like but that. But it, it was definitely a descent, uh, definitely like a split in LA. Yeah, definitely. That's that's insane to that's yeah. insane to experience. Going forward from this, like, so now you have the split between the LA crews. You guys are doing what you're doing. Um, where's your future headed now with you and I? So okay, this was like 2000. This is like 2010. Yeah, right. The Don fight was 2010, and we did the we still had the um green label situation that was about 2010 land of the kings or whatever so right when we dropped this land of the kings record it would have made the most sense had we had a new project mm-hmm. to come out to supplement you know land of the kings yep but you know that describing when i was describing that process of how it was almost pulling teeth to get something that was valid to really put out you know that that uh that tension remained and like you know the productivity decreased between you and i and we ended up having to re-release the left supreme we just had to like almost take the same process that we did with land of the kings and add live musicians on certain songs 
and do 2.0. And, so that's, and that's just because you guys couldn't be productive together at this point. I'm not going to say we couldn't be productive together because I was writing a lot of songs, you know, okay, but it was but just like it wasn't a third solo time. It wasn't third solo time at that time. Right. And I was developing as an artist as well. I was getting yeah. better and better, you know, because Jonas had a lot of charisma. But, but the, I was like yeah. more of the creative. I was like, uh, uh, what, 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 what year was this? What, what time? 2010, was it? 2010 2009. You know, I was. Uh, it's insane, bro. Looking back, like in hindsight. Yeah. I came into both the you and I situation and the New Kingdom situation when there was an eminence of a breakup. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because it's like, again, you're now you're repeating the same process you just went through. Yeah. You're, you're fighting to be productive. And for you, as you're saying, you know, you're developing as, as an artist. You're still writing. You're, you're carrying the weight, I'll just say, mm-hmm. if that's correct. Um, man, it's like that's a really tough place to be in. Is that when, like, your first thoughts of, like, I want to maybe be a solo artist start to kick in? Or, or not were. even yet? Or were you still, like, no, nah, this needs to work. I'm gonna I'm gonna find another way to make this work. I mean, I definitely wanted it to make it work. Yeah. But there is always that back thought. And I was scared of that thought. Of course. Of like where I would have to be a solo artist. Cause like I was saying, like, you know, Jonas had more charisma than me at that time, you know? And um so, I was more of the creative, like just yeah. in the studio, the writer. We all complimented each other so well. Of course. Yeah, but of that, course. But that was the case. It's that yin, yin the yin and the yang. Jonas was that rock star of the group. Yeah. Thurs was the motherfucker putting contextual, lyrical, storytelling, like, content into the picture. Yeah. And I feel like you were always, like, yearning for Jonas to, like, match that because you knew what that potential could be. Yeah. Right? And 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 it's crazy because, like, at that time, 2010 and onward, like, you were building as a performer. Like, I remember watching Thurs, watching Jonas, like, skydive into the crowd, yeah. right? <laughs> and Thurs was like, we, like, bro, it's like, you, you get to a, fu- like, imagine yourself at Raging Waters and you're going up to that top, fu- you going like, for real though, you're going up to that fucking, that water slide that's like hella steep and you're like, you know what, you, you just saw a fucking 70 year old woman ride down this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go up there, you look down, you're like, Hell no. <laughs> but then you at the point where you at the point of no return and you're not going to walk yeah. back down the motherfucker. Yeah. So you're going to go down it. You have to. And the first stage time oh my God. I ever saw Thurs do, this motherfucker got up. He had the confidence like, whoa. But then reached the stage and looked up and he was like, wait. And I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like he had that thing of like, what if they don't fucking catch me though? Like, like, I'm not about to put myself in this position. And he did the most fucking dilapidated dive, but he did the dive. He did the dive. He Wait, st- what city was this? What city was this? Bruh, oh, I'm trying to fucking picture this, bruh, because like, and, and fuck you for asking this question because there were a few cities where there have been mediocre states. Where, where wait, dude, wait, wait. No, I had some good stage dive, You, you definitely did. No, you definitely did. Bro, and, and, and this is to that point. And this, and, and this is to that point because, yes, Jonas did have the charisma. But 
naturally, as with anything, you put the fucking work in, you get it. That's not to say, that's not to discount any of your performance, mm-hmm. but it's very hard to engage a crowd as seen with Kendrick on pure lyrical prowess mm-hmm. because crowds are wanting to be entertained mm-hmm. and I really and and the craziest shit for me is is that I saw this on the onset and this is really what made me who I was with y'all mm-hmm. because we did the South by Southwest shit I was geeked to fuck up this was 2010 yeah for me these motherfuckers did like 15 showcases Fuck. everybody was out there like bro like and it's wild to me to think that like all of this had happened internally and you were still like on that brink then because now I see it differently. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Now now I'm able to really internalize it differently because like we're really getting that scoop and that story because let's be honest, bro. Like, yeah, we were close. Yeah, we worked together. Yeah, we had a natural respect for one another, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that story back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was still a newbie, so I couldn't ask that. True. Right? Just like a fan can't ask what we're doing on this podcast of artists. Yeah. So which is why we want to utilize this platform to really give them that real, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But we had an opportunity to meet Talib Kweli and High Tech on the Reflection Eternal Tour in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. We chose, and I was a very big <laughs> proponent of this, to open in San Francisco for Drake, mm-hmm. right? And... Let's be really honest, bro. Drake has been a really shitty performer for a long fucking time, (laughs) but his music is incredible, right? His performances have gotten a lot better, but he was fucking horrible in 2010. I have to halt you. I have to stop you. Halt me. That Coachella performance was whack as fuck, and I was like, what, last year? Yeah. So I'm a Drake fan, but that Coachella performance brought my high all the way. I feel you. Down. I feel you. So I don't know if he's gotten better. Look, that's it, all I want to say. No, but look, hold no. on. I, no, I, no, uh, no, no, I feel you. Shout out to Thurs for realizing later that he didn't want to start the beef and like he was a bigger, like he's starting a new one right now. You saw <laughs> what happened to Meek was it was a travesty. No, but let's be really honest. Like it's very hard to engage a crowd, right? But besides that, when we did the show with Drake in San Francisco, bro. What I realized was, I was like, oh, word, like, Drake, he's bubbling right now. Let's do that show, then let's hop on the road, right? But what I realized then is that those fans in San Francisco, bruh, all they wanted to do was see Drake. Even though Drake gave them the most mediocre show on the fucking planet Earth, you and I came out there and blew the fucking stage to, to fucking smithereens. Yeah. But when a fan base does not know your music, right, right, nor are not looking forward to you rocking, <laughs> right, you don't get that energy. Absolutely. You feel me? Sure. On the road with Talib Kweli and High Tech, which was like a complete educational course for me, was yeah. a lot of fans still didn't know you and I. So like, me, imagine this, me coming from USC, me realizing, damn, you and I is popping, but I wasn't on that hype to where I wanted to be one of them. Yep. Right? I realized that there was a beauty in being able to fucking make sure that these cats had somebody that they can count on, mm-hmm. right? But the beauty of it was these cats were so fucking incredible performing. Every show we did, they lit that city up. Okay. And that is what music is because you could be popping in LA or New York. You could be popping on the internet, but it does not mean that the United States fucks with you. True. 
That's why you have to fucking tore your brains out to touch the fans. Yeah. Which is what they were doing. You understand me? And Thurs, back to that point of performances, it's like, bro, like, you are an incredible performer. Oh, thank you, man. You know what I'm saying? But it also takes much more charisma for a lyricist to engage a crowd. Oh, yeah. Because well, a crowd is not there to focus on the lyrics. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, 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 we'll transition back to this Work. conversation, Work. too, just with the the latest developments of everything, too. Like, this is a, a great topic to touch Work. on again. Like, totally, totally correct. Totally correct. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, but taking that and going back to the dynamic between you and YO, mm-hmm. um, everything you're saying about stage performance, and that you know, both you guys are incredible performers, but YO having the charisma mm-hmm. um, generally um, being known for that, like yeah. the signature, yeah. Mo- yeah, the spark- signature he, mohawk. He sparked me on, on stage and I would try to spark him in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like yes. a good dynamic. Yeah. Know? So, but but now taking taking all that, which is highly important. I mean, you, you can't, you have to put in the work and you have to perform, you have to put out songs. It's all important. But going back to the the initial thoughts of like, the frustration, mm-hmm. um, being scared of the thoughts of going solo. <coughs> yeah. Because you, now you're thinking like, no, uh, Nushi, stay with, stay with here. us, baby. Here. <laughs> you almost fell, B. I almost fell back, <laughs> baby. Now, even like if those thoughts start to enter, you're like, the frustrations start to occur. And it's like, it's, it's crazy because, how, how do I say this? When you start to fear, you have to put the questions like, all right, now YO is part of my identity. Mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. You and I is part of your identity. Yeah. Can you be successful without this counterpart? Can you be mm-hmm. as charismatic without this counterpart? Can you still be thirst without this counterpart? Yeah. Can you still have the crowd? Like All those things are what lays into the fear of going solo and developing as an artist. Yeah. So it's like easier, oh, let me try to make this work. But then you have to balance that with how much of my time and effort is going into trying to make this work versus actually making fucking music. Because yeah. I was in that position in New Kingdom. I'll tell you straight up, the exact moment was I realized, both Orn and I realized, like we were putting in too much time and effort into trying to make things work mm-hmm. and not making music and not making strides in what we're doing. Yeah. And there's, it gets blurred for a while, but then that line becomes very, very clear. Yeah. At that point though, now where you're just starting to feel this, it, it wasn't there, but how from that point to um, the next few months progress from there? Cause you guys were together from that point for how, how much longer? Um, so 2010, we broke up, and I think in 2000, in 2010, yeah, in 2010, yeah. So th- it progressed from there. Um, yeah, I'll just get into it. So going leading up to that, mm-hmm. you guys, um, you did put out new music. You put out Love, uh, Love Supreme, and, that, and I don't want to say that's new music. I hated the fact that yeah, we had to put out 2. Love 0. Supreme 2.0. Yeah. Like I hated the fact that we did that. The only bonus about 2.0 was the lately remix with Miguel. Now, no, let's stop there for a second. This was actually before Miguel was really Miguel, too. Yeah, yeah, Um, this this actually blew up Miguel. It's like this is what gave Jai the confidence to back Miguel. 
Like, cause he was just sitting on his label, sitting there, yeah. you know. And the fact that we did this song, and he had a crazy, you know, fan base. Girls love Miguel, but what triggered Jive at the time to mm-hmm. so like, you know, promote this guy was our song, you know, lately. Yeah, and that was a dope record. You was know that a turning? Really wild, bro. Is that I was sitting behind Miguel when he was recording. At True Studios. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was insane to me. I literally was <laughs> nestled up next to fucking Nick's, uh, like, heater or whatever the fuck that ensemble was yeah. in that room, watching Miguel in the all-black shaved head with the fucking, like, leather strap jump on that he had, like, fucking chalice of, of you know what I'm saying, Latter-day Saints on. Hey, that, you know that, I mean? that was a dope. That was a dope session. Wild session. That was bro. a dope ass session. I'm mad we didn't record that other joint on that DiBiase beat though. Oh my! God. <laughs> Imagine that. Fuck. He kind of flipped his Michael Jackson joint. Uh huh. I mean, like he flipped his Michael Jackson lyric over this DiBiase beat, and it was incredible, dude. Uh-huh. It was incredible. It's wild, bro. Because like when Miguel was recording that, like I just had this like crazy feeling inside of my like stomach. I was like, bro, we got one. Oh like, yeah. Like. Not that not not the cats hadn't had one. No, right? Like, but this was one of those records that like you feel and you know. Yo, I spent my last eighty dollars on a bottle of rose, but just for that session. Shut the fuck up. Just for that session. I was like, fuck it. Fuck you live once. We really? To, I spent my last eighty dollars on a bottle of rose. I think it was like seventy two bucks. <laughs> I, was, I was like, fuck it. Let's go. Moe Rose. Let's go. Let's go. And that was a great session, man. And, I'm bro, he's, he's one of, the, like, he's a very kindred spirit, bro, because, like, he's, it's crazy because, like, he's family, right? Yeah. And, like, the beauty is that my relationship with Miguel stemmed from my relationship with y'all. Yeah. And and it's crazy to think that, like, bro, like, the real ones in this game stay very much similar to where they started. Naturally, mm-hmm. we all change. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, But... All of this that you've been speaking about has built up to this moment. Yeah. South by Southwest 2010. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, like, this shit was a monumental South by, bro. <laughs> everybody who was everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when y'all were, like, very much so at a pinnacle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and made your mark. Like, we did what, like, 15 showcases? Yeah, there? definitely, like... Something like that. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was insane, man. We had uh, Michael Moore from that one Diddy mm. show uh, on MTV. He was like, make, was it making a band? Bro, the you drummer? Know, you, yo, you know what's crazy about that drummer? Is mm-hmm. that Priscilla Renee did Queen Latifah show? Yeah. He was the drummer. Okay. <laughs> and me and him wilded out about that okay. back in the day, bro. Yo, this he, was like a year and a half, two years ago. I didn't even know he was going to like... I'm so glad that he made that happen, though. Yes. Like, I, Bro, he came in with his own kit? Yeah. Was that the Respect the West show? Yes, yes. Where the paramedics were called? And we, yeah. Where was, Snoop tweeted yeah. at the Young Bucks from the West? Yep. Bro, understand this. Family, like. And we, we brought out Kendrick at that show, too. Yes, bro. And J-Rock was there. That was an epic show, though. That was such a monumental fucking year, bro. <laughs> and And it's crazy for me because, like, it's wild. Like, understand this, y'all that are listening. Y'all have gotten the backstory up until this point. Everything you've heard before now has been leading up to this point. Yeah. And this is a moment where 
two artists in a group are in semi-turmoil, which is like bubbling. And this is at, at the time of the show. Yeah. Insane. That are on now. Yeah. After South By is when they asked me to come on the road with them. Like, bro, Y.O. called me an hour before this show. Yeah, yeah. And I just happened to be doing my laundry and putting my clothes in the dryer. <laughs> I said, fuck yeah. Damn, for me. I remember that. And no we, socks, we went babe. out and did this. You know what I'm saying? And, like, to be honest, like, it was really cool for me to have Thurs's, like, vote of approval because... You know, me and Y.O. were really cool, but I also respected Thurs for the fact that, like, I knew that he was that motherfucker in the group. Yeah. So he made the decision yep. for me, along with Chris. Mm-hmm. Right? And Chris believed in me as well, which, bro, like, Chris, I love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Chris London. Chris, but, you ugly, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, but he's swole as a motherfucker, though. He, 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 Steroids, Yeah, they're like <laughs> Billy Blanks in this motherfucker right Steroids. now. Steroids. No, but, he, he ball like Billy Blanks, too. <laughs> <laughs> but... Imagine this, like this turmoil is brewing. All of these things are happening. You know what I'm saying? South by Southwest puts y'all the fuck on. You know what I mean? Which leads to the Reflection Eternal tour. Yeah. Right? With the infamous Tupac and Biggie arguments. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Because let's get to that point. Y'all, y- y'all are bubbling. Everybody and their moms is talking about you and I. Your shows at that point have gotten so fucking crisp. Let's talk about just that that point though. Like, when was it really the end of you and I? Like, you guys are at your you guys are at your peak. So, I'll I'll say this: recording the Khalil songs was like a dope experience. You know, like definitely had to push to get like the quality I wanted out of those records. And, you know, I just got the process of that whole Land of the Kings records kept repeating itself. Yeah. And you were, so, all, I, I remember now, like, it's crazy. Like, you were always about that. You were like, bruh, come stronger. Yeah. Cause I was like, at bruh, this time, get yeah. Get to the studio. J. Cole starting to pop. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you have, you know, I introduced artists like Kendrick and then they're starting to start elevating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yo, man, like, the game is changing, bro. Yeah. Like, please, dog. Like, if I you really want to do this, the lyrical ability, the lyrical content does have to step up a bar. Yes. Like, if you're not going to Charisma will it, not always outweigh yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, charisma is great for the live show. Yes. But, like, we need to step it up song-wise. That's what I was pushing for. Did yeah. you did you ever take it to the point of like, bro, like let's get in together and like let me help you craft it? Duh, yeah. I was like, yo, if you need, I and now I wasn't even trying to. Spread, this but this I was is where like, the pride comes into play, though. Yeah, definitely. Work. I was like, yo, man, like I can even like you know I could just write, write. it maybe you know because like I do this, I do this, yeah, like, you know, like. And you still wanted to keep the group. Together. Of course, I wanted to keep the group. I wanted to keep the group going. You know, but I think the breaking point was that student sessions started being missed. Mm-hmm. And then there was like an Adidas fucking shoe deal that Anush was helping us with. Yep. You know? We were designing this shoe in, in me and Shaq's living room, bro. Yeah. So, to, yeah, okay. This is And that, that was a straw, Loki. I think that was, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was. Why? That was. Because we are unsigned artists with a fucking shoe deal from Adidas. Six happened? major, bro, they're talking six major market rollout. Yep. You understand me? A shoe deal with Adidas. Let, let me put an asterisk here and say that Big Sean was the next one to get it right after them. So, you understand me? So, what, ha- what happened with it? I want to let we, we, didn't de- we didn't deliver on anything, you know, what, because. What, what were they asking? Music or, or just. 
Say, no, this is just this is just to complete a design. Oh, and just the design. Oh, they're saying complete. design your shoe. We'll we'll, we, we'll push this. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. even agree on the fucking designs. Couldn't yeah. agree on music. Couldn't agree on designs. And it's like, yo, man, at this point, you're hurting the group. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yo, man, I don't even want to do this anymore. <sighs> He's like, yo, I don't want to do the group anymore. I was like, fuck it. All right, no more you and I. And that was it. And at this time, we were booked for Rock the Bells. And I was like, you, you were booked for Rock We were booked for Rock the Bell. And I told Murs, I didn't even have all my music together. But like, you know, at that point, I was like, damn, I got, I kind of had the idea that this shit was ending. So I just started recording shit on my own. The first song I recorded was Kings Keep Marching. And we wow. used Kings Keep Marching for a hat campaign we did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point, you know, I told him, I was like, yo, if you're not going to come with it on this song, don't even do it. Mm. And he came with like a bad verse. And wow. I was like, yo, I'm just going to finish it myself, bro. <sighs> and like, you know, he he understood, but he was, he was upset about it. And then the campaign was pretty big for us at the time. We were selling hats, you know. This is like our first yes. merch shit. Yeah, yeah. It was flying. Like, flying. But that was the first song I had to record by myself. And then I just started. How'd that feel, bro? Where, oh, yeah. I was like... I felt good about it. Okay. I felt good. I was like, damn, I wrote this song. Right. I wrote everything about this song. This is my concept. This Was this the first moment where it was like integrity was back yeah. for you? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not losing my integrity. I'm not. And you and I I'm, at this point is officially done? It wasn't officially done. But it was just you guys were like, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. You're like, fine. Yeah, I was at the point I'm like, I'm not compromising. Right. <laughs> After that was when we fucking like stopped it. Like, you, you, still, you still actually... There's probably a party that still wanted to make it kind of work and be like, look, he'll get over this. He'll come, turn it. You know what's wild, bro? I did, did want to make it work. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what's yeah. wild, bro? I was like screaming at everybody, bro, and like I was like on some shit where like, and Thurs even knows. Like I was telling him, like, bro, like how y'all can't break up, <laughs> right? And even still, it's crazy. Like students to the game and cats that are living this understand that you won't always know what's going on with the artists you work with because my position was just to get it done, yeah. right? There's history in this shit that you still won't know, right? Yep. There's there's events that have happened and moments that have taken place that could fracture or 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 fuck up a relationship that you may not know of. You may see tension, but you may not know the history of it, which is why like this this whole conversation trips me to fuck out because I have so much more of a, a of a of an understanding of of these times, right? And one of the things that I was screaming to these two was like, bro, like understand this like y'all break up like y'all starting back from square one well that's a huge thing see that that's one of the biggest fucking fears is like do you what do you really start from square one you know and i think during that time where you now just recorded your first solo track kind of by accident yeah you're not really thinking about pushing yourself as a solo artist I mean, are you like really thinking about it? No, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll do this, but this is still a UNI track. I, I was just like, I had to toy with the idea first. Yeah. I had to like, you know, put my foot in the water. And King's Keep Marching was the first time I put my foot in the water. And I did like another little freestyle or whatever. And um, the next song I did was Los Angeles. <sighs> and shit, you know, that was, that was, I guess that kind of solidified it. Word. You know, it obviously did. we had like a meeting. Me and Jonas had a meeting, and I was like, "All right, we ain't doing the group no more." You know, he he told me he's like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, because if we're not on the same page, 
it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm like, are we leaving a lot of money on the table? You oh, know, and like a lot, bro. <laughs> and how wait, how crazy is that? You have this Adidas opportunity. You yeah. have rock the bells. You're at the peak of your guys' career. You're yeah, at the, you're you're at the. They had a show which which which. Correct me if I'm wrong. Set off Casey Veggies. Which one? The 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 Fairfax High and Westchester. The oh Nike yeah. Sponsored event yeah. that y'all gave See, to him. I had to give it to Casey, dog. This is I, try, I gave I, it I, to Casey. I gave it to Casey. You feel and me? And that that gave him a relationship with Nike. Yes. Him and Anwar, they like exploited it for a while. You know. Jeez. But like. Yeah, it's like at, you guys are at the the height. So, I, I just want to point this out. For an artist, for you guys to reach that level is really fucking hard. Yeah. Really hard. A lot of years, a lot of hours. So to end it, you got to understand the, 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 how powerful, how serious it really was to give all that up. So many people dream of that and, don't, yeah. and, and, and get a fraction of it. Most yeah. people get a fraction of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So you're talking about people who actually have it, that are willing to stop it. Because internally, that's how fucked up it really was. And no one can really understand that. You wonder why bands break up. You wonder, oh my God, they got you know huge bands. Like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Guns and Roses, Beatles, whatever. Those are two wild examples. Yeah, you, went, you went really <laughs> yeah, Sorry, but <laughs> you, you wonder why. Like you're like I don't. This doesn't make sense. You could be on top of the world, and you're just gonna stop. Yeah, but it really was that real for you guys. It didn't. It it didn't matter because at that there's point. a human aspect to this shit, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. all. Well, it's did, you, it's, did it's, you feel like you were losing your human integrity if you if you kept it going, or or, or was I, I, or was, was the crazy. money still on the table, bro? It was crazy. My perspective at the time, I needed money. Word. So I was like. Let's do this shit. Did you fight for it though, or were you like, if you, I, I wasn't going to fight. Gonna, if you're going to say some bullshit, then fuck well, you. I wasn't going to fight. I was going to like make reason. I Work. was going to make reason. Work. Like, yo, man, we built we built this up, so yeah. let's keep it going. Yeah. Like, I guess whatever's happened in between us, we'll sort it out. Yeah, because yeah. there had been times, bro. Let's be honest, where like I was at shows with y'all, and y'all would shake hands and be looking east and west, bro. Yeah. It was insane for me yeah, to see them to, to see them give the most blasphemous daps to one another, bro. Yeah. And then rock a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cared about this shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I cared about this shit because I I per, I feel like I personally like attached myself to it. I yeah. was financially like attached to this shit. I was creatively orchestrating this shit. Mm-hmm. So when he you said know, uh, he doesn't want to do it anymore, you still wanted to fight for it. We have a lot of money on the table. We Yeah, I wanted to fight for it because I'm like, damn, you know, like I used some of my credit card on this <laughs> on this last video. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. bro. Like, what the fuck? But, you know, I wasn't going to like beg. Yeah. I was like, I know, I, I know I'm dope I, that I created a lot of these songs, yeah. you know? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to step up. If they, if if you're not gonna be down to like keep it going, I have to step up mm-hmm. and like better myself for this role. Yeah. And doing, you know, Kinsky marching and then landed the king. I mean, uh, then Los Angeles. That started. That that warmed me up. Yeah. And warmed me up. Let me and ask then, you before before we delve. Like, I I want to delve in into that that pivot moment of your solo career. <laughs> But before we delve into that, and this is just a question of you looking back on it, um, as far as like naturally, bro, like in those moments, there's pride, ego, and communication involved, right? Mm-hmm. 
Was there anything that you would have done differently looking back on it now? Not to say, not to put anything, um, not to throw anything against what's, what has been done since then. Mm-hmm. Right. But looking back on it, especially from like even a business decision, right? Like, cause there, there may be that point where, okay, y'all stay together and y'all hate each other and it's naturally going to break off. Right. Yeah. Or y'all, because, like, let's put this into context. You guys were a fingernail clipping away from blowing the, from fuck, blowing up. the fuck up. The fuck Not up. to say, <laughs> like, for real. And, and that's why I was wilding out, right? Yeah. And it's crazy for me because, like, I look back at that trajectory. I didn't even look back at it to say, like, oh, damn, I would have been so on. It's because I was so attached to y'all, mm. like, whatever happened with y'all, it was going to run. You know what I'm saying? But... Y'all were literally a fucking millionth of a millimeter away oh, yeah. from blowing the motherfucker. No, I agree. I agree. So looking back on that, is there anything that in that moment, right? You know, you know, you would have done like what you think should have been, or would have been, or could have been done differently. What's crazy, dude? There's nothing I could have done differently. Wow, bro. There's nothing I could have done differently. That fucking. I feel you, bro. I I respect that to the max, and, and and like my mind is just melted. I want to walk away from the mic and digest this shit. I feel you, bro, and I feel you. There's nothing I could have done, cause like my perspective at that time has to be respected. Like, yeah, I feel you. I had a fucking daughter, bro. I, feel I was yeah. fucking 22, 23. Yep. I'm still a young man, but like I'm yeah. saying, like, I was 22, 23. My daughter's like what, one or two. At that point. You know, like, you understand yeah. why I'm doing this shit. Yeah. yeah. But you understand why I'm doing this yeah. shit. You understand both angles. Yep. You understand that, like, I am, like, you know, the creative force behind this shit, but, like, I care about this shit. Yes. And then I still need this shit to feed my fucking daughter. Yeah. yeah. And now you're telling me you don't want to do this shit, so you're taking money out of my fucking hand to feed my daughter. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you want me to beg you yeah. to do this shit for, for me, when I'm really the nigga that's yeah. like behind this shit, yeah. and it's like I understand you have the charisma on yeah. stage, and obviously you sparked me. You weren't gonna swallow that. I was like, I couldn't. Like, no. well, I'm not gonna no. beg no, no nobody, and no I'm way. like, really, I'm like, I'm like, no you know, way. Without because you would have perpetuated it. You feel me? And, 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 and then you have deal with that. and then have a big money situation come in. This shit's gonna get uglier. Absolutely, this shit's gonna get uglier. So that's such a wild perspective. Well, I mean, yeah, there is nothing you can do at that point. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like staying in that toxic situation is gonna create more success. Number one, yeah, Yeah. it's a very short-sighted kind of way of looking at it. Maybe you'll make some money back in the short run, in the short term, but that time is gonna end, and you're gonna have more financial commitments that you're gonna have to fuck with. Yeah, it would just been uglier, dude. Like, it would have been like. I completely the creativity, that, the the integrity behind you and I would have been it would have diminished like instantly, in my opinion. And like Y'all low key would have been a studio session separately. It'd have been bad, man. Like I wouldn't you I couldn't. I wouldn't yeah. want a legacy like that. I wouldn't I want well, it can we take a moment to yeah. really reflect like this is the spotlight coming down. Mm-hmm. There's artists and there's human beings, and they're both the fucking same. Yeah. Yep. As a human being, you could not take that. 
Nah, man. Can't do it. This isn't the this isn't the everybody sees us as this light. Everybody thinks that, you know what I'm saying? Bro, like when I went back to South by Southwest, first time I went to South by was in 2010. Second time was in 2014. Everybody asked me what happened with you and I. You know what my answer was with everybody is pride, ego, lack of communication. Although it puts it in a much crazier perspective to me now understanding it from your view because we never really talked about it like that. But like I and I never really wanted to really go there like that. But like naturally like the death of a man is a pride, ego, lack of communication. But I have such a deeper understanding. I, 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 just want, I just want to make a new quotable. Holla at me. Is this a third generator? Oh, shit. Uh, it's oh, not a third shit. generator. Okay. I just want to say, death is a beautiful thing. Death is a beautiful thing. It's fucked up, but it's a beautiful thing. Death is a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Just like rock bottom is a beautiful thing. Because hindsight doesn't, doesn't exist without something dying. You know what the beautiful, <laughs> like, you know what the craziest shit about this shit right here is, is that we're able to have this conversation with you right now and 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 the vulnerability of it is so fucking gorgeous for me and i'll be vulnerable in this moment to say that even back in that time like understand i just graduated college yeah. i was like balancing yo balancing the the scenario around us right but i never felt that i had the internal strength enough to like ask you questions <laughs> that penetrated the surface i feel no nah, i feel you you feel me? Yeah. And even when I probably YL, couldn't even have had this conversation. Word. Like until this year, like this, like that's this. insane, me, about bro. It. It's, like it's, it's historic for me, it's bro. Tough shit. You know what I'm saying? Like hearing this completely. Like, let's take the draping over this, right? Oh, yeah. And there's still variables that haven't, you know, like that you still have to factor in. Like obviously, you have to hear Jonas's. Like absolutely. Honesty like this now, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Of course. Know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, 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 100%. Bro, there's always, there's always sides. But let me tell you this, bro. Like, for me, like, I low-key want to shed a tear right now on some true <laughs> shit. Because I was a part of this from the jump. Cats asked me, well, not from the jump, but, like, I was a part of this from... Nah, you, from you was there. You, you know what I'm there. saying? Yeah. Cats asked me what went down. Pride, ego, lack of communication is a very form-fitting response for that. Mm -hmm. But understanding that on such a deeper level from where you were really at that point makes me just like appreciate it that much more, bro. Yeah. Because all of us were rooting for this to succeed. Yeah. But knowing that as a human being, when you factor decisions in your life in as a human being and you know that it can't work, you're willing to lose it all. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like I asked myself for so long, I was like, how are they willing to give all of this up? Right? But I didn't know what you would have been giving up as a human being had you guys continued. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's so crazy to me. <laughs> Let's transition into this. You start releasing music on your own. Yeah. Naturally, you're dealing with the fact that you guys have had such, you know, acclaim in this scene, and you have to start over. Yeah. Right. And then you also realize like a lot of the fans that were fucking with you and I aren't going to naturally gravitate towards both of your solo careers. Well, yeah. and, and also you're it's weird because as a solo career, even at first, you're not really solo because you're still thirst from you yeah, and I. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For real. Like that's that. It's, yeah. It's like. When do you shake that? I mean, that's 
Was that ever like printed on like a poster or something like for a show like Thurs of you and I? Oh yeah, like, I, it's of been, course. It was a few oh, posters. Was that a slap? And I'd be upset. I'd be like, "Yo, man, take this shit off." Yeah, man. but it, it's, I'm not doing a fucking show. Yeah, it's but like <laughs> no, it, it's it's weird, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, it because it's so much a part of your identity and which yeah. and what you did. And, and like you know, that, like the fact that I get mad about it, like when I was at that at that time, was definitely ego. Is like you know, cause you and I made made theirs. Yeah. Like there would be no theirs without you and I. Like fucking you and I is epic, man. That shit was like a it's Bro, a staple y- y- in L.A. Y- y'all put the culture on your back. Let's be very fucking straight, real. It's straight it's, up, straight it's, up. It's still a part of who you are. It's, it's, it's still. Just, I mean, look, you. It's both. You can be theirs and you and I right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's just a it's a it's a part of your history, a part of what you you've been through, and that's never gonna leave, nor yeah. should it ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's a footstep that hasn't been walked outside of what you and I has done. Right, like this is very it's a very unique situation. Yeah, and um, you know what's crazy is like jumping into that solo situation. I had to burn down everything. Mm-hmm. So like, wow. yeah, the rebirth, the rebirth. I had to burn down everything. I had to like connect with the history of the city after death right now yeah yeah so like that's why the like oh sorry when tomas like hit me with the idea of that that he was doing research about the la riots i was like fuck well this is interesting i and sorry to interrupt but i wanted to bring this up um with the la riots like that i'll I'll let you get into it but i think the important point is like not only this shapes you your identity completely on the other side of yes. the spectrum of you. Oh, very yeah. Much so. oh yeah, because you and I is like party, fun, like shoes. Yeah. So were like, you were you conscious of like that as before you get into it, were you like conscious of like I need to do something like this if I'm gonna be my own person? Or was it just like, you know, I'm just taking a different step and this is organically happening or were you, or it, were you it was definitely organic but I still felt like I had something to prove I felt like damn Word. because of like all these fucking beefs in LA and like you know the fact that you and I represented a fun lighthearted um, style of music I felt like I had something to prove like lyrically content wise you had and, a voice you wanted to be heard yeah I had a voice that one, that yeah I wanted to voice something that that had substance, more substance than what you yeah. and I represented, and I had to do that to like establish my new artistry. Not not even new artistry; it just establish myself as an artist yeah. that stands on his own. So even for yourself, yeah, fuck everyone else. Even just for you to yeah. absorb the, sh- I'm looking in the mirror and I'm just thirst. Like yeah. That, that one, there's got to be an emptiness that you feel mm-hmm. from no more you and I, so, to some degree, because that's you waking up every morning w- with that and then yeah. not having it. It's like you break up with a girlfriend, and even if if you want to do that, you still wake up the next morning like I missed whatever a that familiarity life. Familiarity, yeah. There. there was a routine. There was a thi- there was a oh yeah. It, you know, so like coming up with this new approach, it's like I have to be a new me. Yeah, you know, and get used to that. And who the fuck is that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm gonna try to identify it in this way. I'm, I'm. You're from LA, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no better way to do that. To it's like step back and start connecting with the thing that's most familiar, other than your your group, yeah. which is your roots. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, man. Like, it's crazy. So like, 
I was recording the music, you know, I was, uh, I just started like just recording, you know, and obviously I had to just rewind it back a little bit, but Kingsky Marching was the first song I recorded. Yeah. Then Los Angeles was the second song I recorded. And, you know, I was like building with Tomas even more at the time because he was aware of everything Very that was happening. Very creative visuals you know? had there, bro. Yeah. So I told him everything that was happening, man. He's like, yo, man, I feel you. And, you know, I want to support you, man. And, you know, we just kept building, you know, we just kept having conversations. And, you know, he started researching the L.A. riots. And I was like, yo, man, it's so crazy that you're, you're researching this at, the, at right now because I remember my first experience with the riots was driving from my, my grandmother's house. And my grandmother lives on 55th Central to this wow. day in, in South Central. And uh, my mom came and picked me up after work. And we were driving back to Inglewood. She picked me up from my grandma's house. And, um, you know, the road from my grandmother's house is central to Slauson. Slauson, we pass Normandy. Mm -hmm. And when we get to Normandy, we just see a whole bunch of, like, police and riot gear. And just wow. angry citizens, like, you know. In How this, old were you at this time? I was, like, six or seven. You know, at this age, I couldn't comprehend everything that was happening. But I'm having this conversation with Tomas. And it just sparked me to start researching everything that happened in the city at this time. And I just found so much inspiration in that at that time. I was like, damn, the city burned down. Yeah. Damn, my old history of you and I and my attachment to that needs to burn down. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it kind of just sparked all these ideas. And like, you know, it was crazy that I recorded Los Angeles prior to this situation and then it was just like, damn, God is talking to me. Like, damn, I made a song about Los Angeles, the pros and cons of Los Angeles, the good and bad, the dark, the light, evil, goodness, yeah. all about L.A. And that kind of like served as like a cornerstone for me doing an L.A. riot project, a project based around L.A. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, Chris is like, yo, you can't talk about the L.A. riots without talking about Rodney King. Wow. I was like, you're fucking right. So we go and research Rodney King. And then we do a whole fucking like cinema Incredible. on Rodney King, you know. And Incredible. I, I still, I still think that's one of like my the, my best songs that I've done, like creatively. Yes. You know, I think it's one of the most creative songs that have come out. Yes. You know, like you know, obviously. Yes, I agree. People, I don't think I don't know if it's reached as many people that it needs to reach, but I still think nobody has fucked with that song like they should. You know, like on like just the. Ratings level, like I, 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 no artist has really like surpassed what that song means. Word. From like the first person perspective to the spoken word into the production, I think it's incredible, man. So that's that song after L.A. Riot. You know that removed L.A. Riot as the cornerstone, and Rodney King was the cornerstone for me as an artist. Yeah, I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Then you got songs like Hell's Angel that just came yes. with me and B.J. And like it was crazy, it was crazy, man. Me and Aaron Harris just kind of went in. We did like all these rock songs. We were like almost on some like fucking Rage Against the Machine type shit, some Tom wow. Morello shit. Crazy. And it was a new experience for me. Yeah, I was just like kind of. But you like, were willing then. Yeah, I, I had to be. You, you you have no choice. You literally yeah. have no choice but to be open to everything. Yeah. You don't know where you're gonna land. Yeah. That's the crazy You'd already part. Killed your last ego. Bro. Yeah, and I and had to. You, it's right you know? now blank canvas time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just a lot of discovery to be done. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I'm glad you said that word, blank canvas. We'll get into that sooner. Yes, uh, soon. And so, like, yeah, man, like LA Riot. I was like, just open and 
it still it still followed well, what you and I represented to yeah. an extent because like you and I had no parameters to the soundscape what yeah. we were doing True. and I kept that alive with what I was doing LA Ride you know like it was some rock shit nobody would expect any rock shit from me and like when I did Molotov cocktail I that was like one. fuck I was like damn this is crazy yeah you were, you were part of that yeah. project you know let you me know? ask you this let me yeah. ask you this is and, 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 and this is like quintessential to this blank canvas concept mm -hmm. because as an artist all the trials and tribulations you've gone through your craft had been and has been refining your your craft naturally refines every fucking day that passes because you oh, have yeah. such a fucking fervor for your craft right yeah how like and and speaking on 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 how classic you know the Rodney King record was and like this whole project as a body of work really was, let's be honest, mm -hmm. understand me? How is it for you as an artist whose craft has reached such a pinnacle? Like you were on, like that, pro you were on in that project. Yeah. Like you were cinematic in that project. Like it was a documentary on some fucking like uh, Stephen Avery type shit. You yeah. understand me? Mm -hmm. To have that project come out and know. Knowing the game, knowing how it works, knowing that it's not receiving the ears and the eyes that it should be. Mm -hmm. How is that for you as an artist? And how do you deal with that, right? Because, like, yeah. naturally you're going to continue to build, but, like, knowing that you, you, you've been and you're continuing to go through this journey, naturally mm -hmm. your craft is refining you reached the moment where you 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 went away with that identity of the attachment to that group, mm -hmm. but even with that, your craft was building and growing. Mm -hmm. Your craft is fucking continuing to be refined, yeah. and it's getting better and better and better. Yeah. Right. But to have to to be painting Mona Lisa, mm -hmm. right, and to also naturally as an artist have the urge to feel see and hear its impact before you die mm. how is that fight and struggle for you as an artist man it's pretty crazy yeah it's crazy because i understand i, I i've gauged the impact like i obviously it's not like a platinum selling album yeah you know but then like the conversations I've had because of this project and just the people that will point me out randomly at the fucking grocery store or like just randomly at a club, like yeah. and come up to me like, yo man, you're on some Malcolm X shit, man. Like, I'm like, what? Like, I wouldn't even expect some of the comments I've gotten because of LA Ryan. Right. I'm like, I kind of say, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. Though. I felt like I was almost possessed. Really? Yeah. Like, so like the songs like, like what? wrote themselves. Like the songs kind of wrote themselves. It was almost like its own project. I feel like LA Riot almost it represented Thurs like okay. creatively, but you don't know Thurs from that project. No. No. I mean, it's so like you wow. said, it's the other side of the spectrum. I mean, yeah. it's still not though in a way, but it's so different from what you were doing. Totally. You and I. It really is. Um And it got rave reviews. Like I got like Four and a half star ratings, five star ratings, yeah. like uh, across different multiple platforms. And yeah. I was like, 
it's like, damn, like, you know, I didn't expect that. Like, yeah. you know, it, it was it was a crazy experience, man, because like, but I but like like what I just said, you know, you don't know thirst from this project. You just have like a, a dope project, yeah. but you don't have like a personal attachment to me. Right. So like that's what's crazy. Like, you know, it, it was a blank canvas and it yeah. was just an artistic like pouring out. It was, a, it was just a burning down of something and just like the rehabilitation of like, I don't know, a new body almost. Word. Yeah. You know? And then that's why I wanted to name my new album Blood on the Canvas. Yeah. I was like, cause I understood that. I was like, damn, people are not going to know me. Yeah. From this project, they're, no. gonna, they're gonna hear some dope songs. Yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's like an art yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just an art. An art it's piece. just it's just like a really dope piece that just you went, you tried something different. Yeah, but it, it's but, like, but you weren't trying. It's just like it's just hey man, like I've got all these sides to me, and that's just one side that just happened to come out at that time. Yeah, but I've got to show all this other parts, all these other parts of me, because yeah. that side of you still very much exists, and it's something that came straight from your soul. Yeah. But it's not a defining part of who you are. Exactly. It's pretty much drone footage. Like it's like an overview of the whole right. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know what's happening in any neighborhood. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, you just, it's from your mind's eye. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like an overview. Yeah. Like of what 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 happened in Los Angeles and maybe like a situation happened here, 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 here. But you don't ever hone in and get like the story of this neighborhood or the story of this character in this neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. So like that's why I was like, damn, I have to put my blood on this canvas. I have to like let people know. And that's why I was like, damn. I did an interview and I was like, damn, yo, my next album is gonna be called Blood on the Canvas. Mm-hmm. Cause like people need to know who I am. Yeah. By myself. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I- I'm proud of LA, right? You know, like you know, it's it's it did it did sell What's some it? you know little units here and there, and then I ended up giving it away for free, and it still sold, and it was nice. like cool, you know. It's well, it's like the divide between really you and then you and I. It yeah. really is the divide. Like yeah. it's that line that says like this is the line drawn in the sand. Yeah, and I'm going over on this side, and like it's crazy. It's yeah, a, that's pretty much. Nah, it's, that's a great way to describe it. That's what it is, man. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely a line drawn with that project. And, um, you know, I put out a mixtape like a year later because I was just like, you know, man, Chris was like, yo, you need to put out something else. So I was like, all right, I got, I got these songs that I just recorded. I'm going to just throw these out, yeah. you know, and nothing like that blew me up or anything. Yeah. But there was some cool songs on there, here and there. Did you feel like it was a placeholder? Definitely. Definitely a placeholder. Because you spoke on the fact of like a Love Supreme 2.0 was supposed to be new music. Placeholder. This yeah. was another. This seems like another moment where it's like, yeah. look, okay, time has passed. Yeah. We need to we need to show face here again, yep. real quick. Yep. So, post uh, LA riots and um, what was the next big release that came after that? Was it Blood on the? So I, I didn't put out Blood on the. No, Blood. okay. Because you put out the. Um, so it was mixtape and then. There was the designer EP. Oh, I brought the, the designer EP, EP right? Yeah, and that yeah. was 2014, right? Yeah, end yeah. of 2014. It was supposed to be earlier, but you know, this is damn. This is like another big story for me. You know, all right. So, I guess I got to take it to 2013, the beginning of 2013. I was like, you know, I'm still recording. Yeah, I need to find some side work. I just need to like, you know, have something just to make some extra cash on the side. Yeah. So I hit up my boy Josh. You know, Josh Greenberg. Shout out to him, man. He helped me out tremendously. 
he actually got my dope video premiered on Red Bull. Oh, no. yeah, the Redbird. Uh, yeah. That's when you linked up with Red Bull and yeah. did the 30 days, right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not there yet. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, you know, he links me up as like a contractor worker with Red Bull. Right. So. Is it like artist relations? Yeah, like, yeah. Right. So I'm doing artist relations type stuff. I'm doing seating, um, taking like, you know, a few cases to different different studios. Yeah. Then I'm sitting in those studio sessions and I'm just like, you know. Meeting people, it's just, it's just a cool situation. Yeah. I'm doing like festival support. I go to Coachella, yeah, yeah. doing all this dope shit. I'm yeah. like, oh shit, all right, this is cool. <laughs> it this works. Is cool. Y'all gonna pay me to do this? Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, <laughs> cool. So I do that, and then um, you know, I get curated into one of the showcases for Sound Select because Sound right. Select starts, and then I get curated into to open up for LP and Warm Brew. At the Troubadour. Okay. Mm. I'm like, damn, I wasn't expecting this. You yeah. know, like, because I had a conversation with the Mr. G of the Sound Select at the time. Okay. That's my boy, Justin Ruiz. Shout out to Justin, man. Shout out to everybody at Red Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, he was like, you know, we had a conversation. He's like, yo, man, I heard you do music. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I did. I do some stuff. So I sent him some of the stuff I was working on, a few of the videos. And he was like, yo, this is really good. And then, you know, before we do the sounds like stuff, he puts me into a Dim Mac show that uh, Chuck English is spinning. spinning okay. And, you know, I rock it, you know, get a really good response from that. And then that leads to me being curated into the sound select show at the Troubadour with LP yep. and Warm Brew. And, you know, I rock it. A lot of the Red Bull folks are, and, and the Filter Magazine folks, they're really, like, digging what, what I did on, on stage. And... That propels me into the sound select program. Beautiful, you know. So I, I didn't know what I was really getting myself into, you know. And um, so this sound select show, um, you know, I I got a good response from it. You know, a lot of the sound select people and Red Bull, you know, corporate folks were present at the show. Okay, and like, yo, this third dude did really good. Let me know? ask you this though, uh -huh. your mind state, right? Yeah, you're still putting off one-off records. Well, yeah. You have you get input into the sound select show. Yeah. Um, did that light a fire? What, what, let me definitely. Ask, was your fire still robust, or was it like, okay, we got to figure some shit out right now? No, nah, it's definitely robust. Okay, definitely robust. Okay. And like the opportunity for the show. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. So know? it was it was like, thank you, but it was like, let's go, baby. yeah, y'all motherfuckers about to get it. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, yeah, I, I was hype. Okay. I was hype. It was like, nah, it was a yeah. great, it was a great show. Okay. It was a great show. Which I wouldn't doubt. Now, yeah, like, in it, the slightest. It, it was like, I really feel like it was that point to where the charisma got to where it should have been okay. in that show. And luckily, all these Red Bull people were there and present, yeah, so and they it, and they wanted to propel me into the Sound Select program as a priority artist. So I'm like, okay, dope. Oh, shit. I'm fucking forgetting something. Why are you forgetting shit, bro? So I got to give a shout out to Christian Rich, man. Fucking Christian hey, Rich. Kenan Ty, bro. Yo, What's man. good, y'all? They're actually the reason why I'm fucking in Sound Select. They actually curated feel you. into the into their vinyl that they like curated. Mm, really? Yeah, dog. That's, that's the song that we did called... Um, I'm forgetting the song right now. It's on my SoundCloud. Okay. It's not one of my favorite songs. Okay. But like, you know, like 
the fact that they thought of me to yes. like and it, that to get me involved with Red They Bull. speak very highly. Yeah, bro. No. Those are my those are my people's dude. It's amazing. They fucking helped me out tremendously, the, man. The, the, those oh, are yeah. another set of cats that I wouldn't have a relationship with had it not been for Thurs and Jonas. Yo, yeah. those dudes are amazing. They are amazing. Ken and Ty are amazing. They're crushing it right now, bro. Yeah. All they've been crushing it. They've been crushing yeah. it. Yeah. So they actually, so the record that we did went into this big vinyl that got promoted, and that the success of that vinyl got me the show. Word. And then I crushed Word. the show. Then I was like, "Yo, okay, y'all fuck with me. Y'all want to put out a project? Yo, what? I have a song I need to play for you guys. That song I played for them was Twenty One. <sighs> right. So like when I was doing Twenty One. I was like, okay, I did L.A. Riot already. You know, I did all these other little one-off records. All right, let's get back to having a little fun. Yeah, right. I want to, like, I'm going to, like, progress the soundscape that nobody's fucking with. Nobody was fucking with funk. There was no, I, I got to be I gotta be honest, there was no Tapimba Butterfly. Yeah. There was no Bruno Mars. There was no, what's the producer that produced that song? Um Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson put out his project. Yep. We were, you know, only person that was doing funk was Dame Funk. You Smart. know? Nobody let's be was, honest though, bro. Like Mark Ronson was thugging. Oh, Mark Ronson is hard as fuck. But and no even before that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, Amy yeah. and fucking no. like. Oh, of yeah, course, yeah. bro. Yeah. I'm a Mark Ronson fucking bro, fan. Mark Ronson has one of yeah. Theophilus London's like illest song, Souls of Fire. That duh, shit bang. Duh. Mark Ronson is I a, feel you. Is, but I'm saying yeah. nobody was no, I doing respect this. The, I, I respect no, that. No viewpoint. one was doing the funk. No, yeah. no, I respect that viewpoint to the maximum. Yeah, yep. I have to be honest because, like, I wasn't going to go full all into this. Yeah. If I felt like somebody else was doing it, yes. right, right. You know what I mean? Yes. So we did 21, and like you know, I work with this one producer named Chords. Okay. You know, Chords has a good rapport. With the L.A. circle, okay. L.A. circuit, Which you know is what I mean. Um, he helped break YG, Ty Dolla Sign. Word. Gotcha, yeah. You know what I mean, he, he did um, Pineapple Now, latest for BJ. So Chords helped produce all okay, that shit, okay. right? Me and Chords, we we did um, LNS off of the off of my mixtape, okay. and we got like a cool little sync. That you know, we made some cash on, so he's like, Yo, man, let's keep working, let's keep working. Yeah. Me, him, and DJ Die, he did that. And um, me and Court start working on 21 prior to this Red Bull situation, you know, because I was like, Yo, man, I just want to like push the envelope with the sound. And I, I just got to remind the listeners, I did a project with BJ that was all funk, and then I yeah. did some other funk shit. So, like, this is like what me and Aaron, and Aaron Harris did. I had that in mind. I was yeah. like, damn, I remember that nobody's still fucking with this funk sound. Let me take this and let's do 21. So I told Cores, I was like, yo, I'm on some like, you know, I'm on some Michael Jackson shit. You know, like let's let's have fun. Let's barbecue and get people. I always felt like I never made a song for girls to dance to. So I was like, damn, for 21, I want all these girls to dance. So 21 was that song uh. that I didn't want to be too lyrical. I was like, fuck it. I want people to party. Uh, and it worked. It yeah. worked. You know, I was like proud of it. And that set the cornerstone for what I was building for designer. Mm. And then, you know, Rebel ate it up. They yep. were like, damn, this is like great. We haven't done nothing like this before. We want to promote you. 
Word. ASAP, you know. But there was so much fucking issues getting my designer EP out. You know, the legality or the legal aspect of this had to be addressed. And Which was what? It's pretty much like producer contracts, splits and all that. Yep. And, um, you know, a fee. And then what was a golden situation just turned to shit. Let me ask you something. Like, as an artist, like, there comes that touchy point where, like, there are moments where you're like, do I need to fucking express this in the ether? Especially with this day and age where we all have access to every social media stream. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that can be misconstrued. Yeah. As artists, naturally, you want to be heard. Definitely. Right? You want the people to know what you feel is real yeah right but there are also moments where when you express truth and and what you feel is real without attempting to throw shade at anybody else it's naturally misconstrued because everybody without a face has a voice yep right Mm -hmm. so for you like what was that like and like do you did you tread on the fact of like well fuck it let's charge it to the game or did you did you voice your opinion and then you know, man? What happened after that? It was just a tough situation, bro. It was, it was, man. The work and the the level of it's like your baby was given up for adoption without you wanting it to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, like dude. You, you're able to provide for your baby. Yeah. Child services took the shit away. That's exactly. That's a great. Also, analogy. fuck shit. It's a great analogy, man. That's exactly what it was. Cause like, I was so proud of this work. I'm still proud of it. Like, you know, shit is just fucked up, man. I mean, that's the, you know talking about our conversation off the mic, but like, um, where music is this collision of art mm-hmm. and creativity, freedom, vision, expression, expression. Um, innovation, you know, all these things you want to do to be the best you can be, but also yeah. just deliver something really, really good for this world. And so you have all of that mixed with this capitalism um, yeah. business that's very, very real. And those two can have the confines a, of commerce, bro. Yeah, the, man. And th- those two can have a beautiful marriage and you'll get amazing things from it. You, you've gotten, you know, Every the, the world of revolutionary music that we've been all able to listen to, yeah, worldwide, or you get this stuff, yeah, and there's that side of it too. The politics, bro. and unfortunately, the music industry has a bad reputation. Um, that and is definitely the hardest industry to like do good business in. It's like, very hard. Because people are always looking for the opportunity to get over on somebody. Yeah. Even on, like, the grassroots level. Like, fuck, man. Like, and shit is rough. Shit is rough. Shit is rough, man. And, like, that situation should not have happened. Yeah. You Let know? me ask you, like, what what did that do to your psyche afterwards, bro? Yeah. Where do you go from, from there? Like, that shit had to be, like, super deflating. It was. It was deflating because like, like motherfucker, like you had to be so angry. Because I, I feel like term. it was the best music that I made in my career. Well, so this is this, oh, fuck. this is yeah. I mean, look at this is another like you you saw the peak with you and I mm-hmm. to the breakup. 
Yeah. You see Damn, your revival. Part two in this shit. Yeah, you see your revival come with LA riots, but that wasn't really you. That was a project. Yeah. And now you're finding yourself. You find yourself. Yeah, you reach the peak of what you think is gonna be the best, and here it is again. Yeah, I won't say the peak. I won't say okay. the peak. But you know what it is? I th- I think it was a moment where you knew that you had every th- single thing behind you that yeah. you thought could have catapulted. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like stars, star, exactly. stars have aligned. Yeah, and yeah, boom. Would, and, I, and, I and and another set of egos took it away. Yeah. I definitely felt like that was some of, some of the best music to come out in 2014 and 2015. Better than anything in 2015 because that sparked what people did in 2015. Word. So, you know, um, another learning situation. Yeah. I, I feel like I've learned enough. I don't want to learn anymore. I feel you. Well, you know? so, so now after that, what was the, the next step? So, you know, without it getting the proper push. It comes back into my hands, and I'm like, "Damn, do wow. I just sit on? Do I just sit on this shit?" Um, I'm like, "You nah. have to put it out." No, nah, no, nah, we put it out. We put yeah. it out, you know. But it's like, it, we put out November of 2014. Okay. Then we get to like, you know, 2015 January. Word. I'm like, "Damn, all right." You know, I had a cool little buzz in for 30 days. Yeah. In November. Yeah. Okay. But What's you know, next? You, but you know, you need more beyond anything in your arsenal to get it out there exactly so all i could do was do what i can Word. right so i had to get in front of people i had to get in front of as many people as possible the best way i knew how to get in front of people was throwing a dope party Word. right so i did a fucking release party at a house in inglewood did this like, birth what i think it did yes this is February of last year, Grammy weekend. You know, like I didn't even tell Chris about this shit till like a week before. And I was like, you know, I was work, I was doing a lot of work at this time with the homie Jay Pounds. We recorded pretty much an album worth of material. I was like, yo, I want to do shit better than designer because I'm about to smash all that shit. Word. You know, so we were recording like really dope shit. And I was like, all right, yo, man, I never did a release party. Can I do it at your house? He's like, fuck yeah. He's uh, like, you know, they, they heard about the shit. I, they heard about the shit I do with two dope boys, yeah. all the little parties. Shout out to do two, two, two dope boys, man. Word. And um, we did this house party in Inglewood, Grammy weekend. You know, I told Chris a few days prior. And he's like, yo, man, you sure you want to do it on Grammy weekend? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dog. I don't give a fuck what's happening at Grammy weekend. I don't care, man. It's not about none of that Hollywood shit. Yeah. I was like, yo, man, I'm just about to do a release party. I want to perform. I'm going to have all my homies come out. Yeah. And we're just going to have a fucking dope house party. And I called it Party in My Living Room. Word. That's the first one I did. And 500 people came out. Damn. Yeah. Yo, hold the fuck up. Shout out to oh. this being another moment of absolute chaos <laughs> and absolute fuckery. Okay. <laughs> when 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 a motherfucker feels like the world is against them, when Yannick is literally asking the heavens if karma <laughs> is against him. You feel me? When motherfuckers realize that, like, bro, like, am I going to be 40 when I see some karma coming out back? Am I going to be 50 in this motherfucker? Is karma going to come back when my kids are going to college? You feel me? 
Another moment of pure fucking disaster births something very fucking special. Word. Man. Word. Very special, dude. Very special. I love that. So, like, let me tell you about the people that are involved Please. with this first party, Please man. Do. So, Iman Omari, you know, he's like a fucking very talented producer, talented singer, mm-hmm. songwriter. Tiffany Goucher, Word. she's blowing up right now. Word. She's actually on my EP, on Waiting. It was crazy today. I released a remix of that song, Waiting, really? with the homie 14KT from Michigan. And then um, I had- Yo, Shout out to the fact that you went back to like the bread and butter of the college days, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how Word. crazy is that? Coming full I never so actually coming left full it circle, though, yeah. dude. I never actually left it. Because like, even when I was doing like- I was doing a lot of like uh, curation at Colors in downtown. Yeah, you were. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was the buyer over there, yes. and the event coordinator. Gotcha. So I brought Taz Arnold over there. We did a whole bunch of parties. So it was like, it never left. I always been throwing events, and I was always like, damn. You, you were know? always about the experience. Yeah, always about the experience, definitely. And with not having the proper push, I was forced to like give people in LA an experience to take in my new music. And I was like, I feel like this is great, and I feel like you guys should experience this. So I'm going to give you guys a dope house party, and I'm going to rock my ass off. And it's going to be fucking free for this first time. Open bar, no charge to get in. Like I did, I just I just invested mm-hmm. in an experience for everybody. Man, and you have to. Yeah, I mean. You know the game. Well, yeah. people, people want more than anything right now. Right now, like in this, in literally, like, people want an experience. That's yeah. they they are dying and thirsting for that, yeah. um, more than just like the music they get on the fucking blogs, more than releases. But people want an experience, so you do something like party in my living room. Yeah. Oh my god! Like that's that just like just that title alone. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, I want to go because it has one, it has like an exclusivity to it. Yeah. Um, two, it's fucking dope as hell, and people want that like, um you know, non-pretentious house party yes. feel. Yes. Know? The house parties, bro, like that vibe is so quintessential, family. Yeah, man. So the I was actually supposed to do it the week before I actually did it. Okay. But we ended up having to push it back. Okay. And it's Grammy weekend. I'm like, all right, fuck. I went and bought all the alcohol. And you know, I had my cousin help me bartend. My boy Keon helped me out with the sound. Was that Mr. Cooper, bro? Huh? Was that? Was that? Was no, that? No, 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 no. He he didn't come to that one. He okay. didn't come to that one. <laughs> What's up, Barack Obama? Dig me, <laughs> Mister Cooper? Looking ass. Now I have a platform. <laughs> I got love for you, baby. Shout out to your little one, though. You feel me? Love. I have my boy Keon help me out with the sound. Boy. My boy Tom, Tom Carr, he's a Grammy. Award-winning engineer Ooh, working with Ye- working with Kanye right now. Uh, he um helped me out with my audio engineering. He nice. recorded the live set to everything. Awesome. And uh, shit, man, we just we just had a fucking great time, and you know it was just a well-produced event. I almost had an anxiety attack before I did it. I was like, fuck. I hope I people show you. up. I was like, I hope people show up because I'm putting a lot of you know a lot of effort into this shit. Yeah. And people showed the fuck up, man. Like when I I went to run and grab ice and cups from the store, and I was like, "Damn, I don't know what to expect." 
<laughs> and then yeah. when I come back, it's like nine forty-five. You know, it's probably starts at nine. Yeah. But I just like take. I'm taking my time. Cause yeah. I'm like nervous. Yeah. Then I just see like there's barely any fucking parking. And I'm like, damn, people are here this early. Oh wow. And I walk oh. in and it's just like packed. Wow. Like, wow. Like, yo, it's not even ten o'clock yet. Yeah. You know, and so I just knew that the experience that people wanted was real. And yes. then the response to the live performance was insane. Yes. Like, it was just so many girls in there dancing to like the fucking song. Nobody dances anymore, bro. I know. Yeah. Especially in LA. You go yeah. to a club, motherfuckers at the tables or motherfuckers like just like chilling, <laughs> looking at one another, bro. And that's why I do part of my living room. People yes. be dancing, dog. Yeah, yeah. they better dance, be dancing dog. in your motherfucking yeah. living room. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So like, yo, I, that was the first one I did. And then I ended up doing it four times in 2015, like nice. quarterly. How's it feel for you doing this shit? <sighs> it's, um, it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting. I'm happy to see it, you know grow yeah and um i'm happy to be able to attach my music to it Word. so it's like there's like a bigger purpose behind just doing a fun party you know it's like damn this is like all for my music and yeah. for the community that i've been looking to build since fucking you and i yeah you know and now it's like i'm finally building that community i finally have like a uh personalized platform that i yeah. can, that i control so it's like it's it's exciting, man. It's like I'm not trying to be too excited about yeah. it, but it's exciting. You, you perform know? at everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I don't have to perform at everyone, but it's like it's almost expected. You know, like people are like, oh, you did you perform yet? Did you perform yet? Like, nah, nah. I'm, I'm gonna go on in 20 minutes. What time? 20 minutes later, I'm going to 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes later, I'm going to 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, so it's cool. Yeah, I mean, talk about it. Just an innovative way to like distribute your music. Like people are trying to always like. And we talk about this too, creating your own lane. Like right now you have to, in order to get yourself out there, especially with no push on an independent level, we live in such an independent marketplace right now. Yeah. Um, it's And doing something through the internet, like one, the blogs aren't as powerful as they were yeah. back uh, six noise. years ago. Yeah. It's, it's no filter. It's no yeah. filter. Yeah. 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 Cats can you, pay to get whatever they want. Yeah. You used to be yeah. out, you used to go on a blog and then like you could go viral from that like just it's crazy but now it's like eh, like it really doesn't do much um so to do something cool like this it's being creative and getting your music out there in just a different way and creating your own lane and letting that grow yeah plus a live experience but really interesting you know i think this is like for people trying to break into this industry like you've had a quote-unquote break into it now three times you know, yeah. you've had you and I, you're solo, mm -hmm. and then up until the album, they're like, damn, I'm alone again in this. Yeah. How do I get this out? And I start from zero again. Yeah. And now here's another way to become successful. That's the evolution of, of, of being an, uh, an artist, being a writer, being a creative person in this business in 2016. Yeah. That's, that's what it means to be that. And, um, you have to be malleable. You have to change. You have to be open. Yeah. And I think reinventing yourself every time, you you kind of push to do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I want I, I want to ask you this in summation. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Because I feel like we've reached such a beautiful point here, and like in my 
gorgeously twisted mind. Like, you came out with L.A. riots, right? You felt like people didn't know who you were, right? Yeah. Or didn't have an understanding, right? From that point where you went dolo and you've been grinding. And again, you see the same trials and tribulations of the path, whether it's in a group or whether it's solo. Yeah. Right? Do you feel like people know the you that you want them to know? Or is that still developing? I feel like people know the place that I, people are aware of the place that I hold in LA. Okay. And it's like a unique position because like nobody's doing what I'm doing. Okay. And I feel like this, when I, this new, this project that I intend to put out, Blood on the Canvas, they'll have no choice but to know who okay. I am. Yeah. They have the experience to come see me personally, you know, in, in the flesh. Then they're going to have the music to support this whole lifestyle that I'm like providing for them. Word. Because this this music, Blood on the Canvas, is the soundtrack to Party in My Living Room. Word. You know, from stories to like just anthems and, you know, everything that I'm doing, it all supports this whole lifestyle. So I'd say people are open to who yeah. Thurs is going to be, and they're going to be informed after they receive the music. Okay. So you've informed the people, right? I've, I've alerted them. You've alerted them. Yeah. Blood on the canvas will come out, mm-hmm. right? But before the blood is shed, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Blood has been shed. Blood mm-hmm. has been shed. Yeah. A lot but, of it. But, but yeah. before the blood gets to the canvas, mm-hmm. right, and gets put on display, yeah, who is the thurs that you want the people to know? The thirds that I want people to know is just a culture architect of L.A. So it's just pretty much a person that's really from Los Angeles, from Inglewood, California, you know, that has experience from all on all levels and just a relatable human that puts family first. That's, you know, will fight you if if, if necessary. Yeah. It's going to educate you if necessary. It's going to feed you if you broke. Yeah. You know, it's just that human person that that you that you value. You know, right. it's like I'm your I'm the homie. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a protector. I'm a provider. I'm like, and I hate to say like, but I, I'm just pretty much how I feel about myself. I just feel like I'm a. I'm an innovator and a relatable human being, and it's going to be vocalized through music. Absolutely. Your story will be told. Yeah, it's going to be told. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an architect, bro. I'm an architect. I'm a designer. I'm a, I'm a lot of things. I wear many hats. But, yeah. you know, as an artist, you definitely have to hone in and let people know who you are and... It's crazy, man. You definitely have to find those one-liners. Yeah. Those one-liners. Let me ask you this. Coming from the point of when when you as second grade thirds like knew you wanted to do music, then you as that as that person went through rapture camp and then you and I and then you and I broke apart and then you reached a point where thirds of you and I died and 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 now you needed to re-identify yourself. 
and you also knew that people didn't know you, right? You've reached this point now where you've gone through so many trials and tribulations. You've 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 dealt with all the 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 spoils and 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 the hardships and 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 the the beauties and the successes of your path. Yeah. Being you as Thurs the artist, being you as Yannick the person, being you as Yannick the father and the family man. At this point, with all of those things coming together, yeah. what does success mean to you now? This is this is going to be a you know a, a, like a three part answer. Get it. And the simple answer is success is party in my living room. Okay. Now, when I was a child, when I was first you know introduced to music, you know, my culture is very celebratory. You know, he celebrated everything. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, with my grandma, my mom, my aunt, we partied in the living room. They yeah. played music and they would dance, you know, and people would have fun. Whatever and you family. saw that from a very young age. Yeah, saw that from a very young age. Culture is wealth. So it's crazy, uh, like, mm. coming full circle. Yeah, bar. <laughs> Culture is wealth, <laughs> the man said. <laughs> I feel you. You almost <laughs> fell off your chair. That was Damn. so deep. Damn. So it's crazy coming full circle and then being able to do party in my living room. And it's crazy, like, just even in high school, my best experiences were at house parties. Whether I'm yeah. in Ladera or Baltimore Hills, it comes back to the house party and experiencing these fucking ratchet records, these Luke records, dancing with girls or whatever. And just being able to go home and be like, man, I was doing my name with that chick or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, that's part of my culture brick in high school. Yeah. So, like, just being able to not forget culture and just having it evolve and being able to now represent culture that has almost been lost in L.A., I feel like that's a point of success. And being able to create a platform from that culture and take it across the world yeah. is like partly success. And just being able to just take my beginnings is part of success. Yeah. Being able to sit in the living room with my kids and dance to the newest record or whatever, whatever is yeah. part of success. Uh. So it's like being able to party in any living room is part of success. Being able to have my music showcase to 500 people, 600 people is part of success. So it's like any way that I'm touching people in the most purest form is success. And if I'm able to monetize that, that's even better. Right. So part of my living room is success. You know what's wild, bro? Like, I'm going to tell you this, family. And like, the only reason I say this is this is such an intimate like moment for me is that you have one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen, oh. right? <laughs> and it's a beauty to have it reaffirmed that home is where the heart is. Yeah. You feel me? Whether it's your community, whether it's your culture, whether it's your family, the journey that you've had has allowed you to embrace the fact that the living room is a place of refuge. Yeah. Whether it's your friends, your peers, or your direct family. The living room is somewhere sacred. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? 
And my hope is that that living room continues to grow. Hell yeah. And that living room becomes the world, bro. Yeah, bro. You feel me? Hell yeah. You I love me? that. I love that. It's love. <laughs> it's love. And like, bro, like, I just want to end on this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've dropped so much wisdom on us, man. Like, I love that we're able to do this. I love that we're able to just talk so freely. And it warms my heart and spirit that we're able to give this to the world. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that we're in your living room as you're in our living room. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And, and the inception fact that Leo won a fucking Oscar this year. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, this is yeah. a beautiful scenario, bro. Thurs, Yannick, I love you to death, bro. Likewise, you know what I'm saying? Bro. Your story is riveting. Your story is incredible. I'm glad whoever is listening to this will have the opportunity to hear this. You know what I'm Man. saying? The fact that we have family here, Joe, Thurs, myself, like you have literally given this living room new meaning. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I literally want to call my mother right now <laughs> at fucking one in the morning and tell her that we all made it. You feel me? Because whether it's a trial, a tribulation, a success, a fucking chaotic downfall, everything that happens to us in our lives allows us to be better equipped day by day to make it. Yeah. You feel me? This road isn't linear. Nope. This road isn't always bright. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The only motherfucking thing that we know is that we're always on this road. Yeah. You feel me? And your your journey is a testament to that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Living room talks. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, Thurs? Man, uh, Thurs, every day dot com party in my living room dot com damn this motherfucker got a lot of dot com dot com dot com go there too <laughs> where your socials at baby King. oh you got another website that we need to throw in <laughs> nah nah that's all the websites <laughs> King Thurs on IG word Thursday with a Z on Twitter um, search me as Thurs on Facebook T-H-U-R-Z word you can just google T-H-U-R-Z everything yes. should pop up and YouTube, Thursday. Yeah, man. I'm everywhere. So Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> SoundCloud. You can catch this on uh you can catch this stream on mama we made it dot com. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Go on iTunes. Subscribe. Rate it. Rate it. Review it. Give us five stars. Comment. Give us give us five stars. Talk baby. shit to us. Talk shit to Thursday. Talk shit to <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, it's an open forum over here because cause naturally y'all in our living room, right? <laughs> so let's have living room conversations in this motherfucker. Hell yeah. <coughs> there is so happy. Hey, blessing, So bro. happy that you oh, came yeah. on. Thank you so exactly. much. This has been an absolute incredible interview. Um, yeah, man. One to be remembered for a fucking lifetime. <laughs> a lifetime, like this, 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 this was amazing. Um, very, very special. Very, very grateful to yeah. be a part of this, man. So Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nah, thank you guys, man. So. And you listeners, holla. Holla. Listen, call your mother. 
Tell her you're going to make it. You feel me? Let's go. <laughs>